Yanni, what did you think about the finale? Was that up your alley or not? I'm a little bit mixed on the Star Wars. All right, are we doing spoilers or no spoilers? No, it's the beginning of the pod. We can't do spoilers. Okay, so no spoilers, guys. No spoilers. What did you? Th- what did you really? I, I I gave it like a seven out of ten. I felt like there was like good ideas, but I don't think it was like well executed. Yeah, I sort of feel. I I don't know if it's okay. The main thing for me, because I absolutely hate this. They're the fucking bikers. I can't get that shit out of my. They're head. not as an, they weren't as annoying this time. I thought. No, they, were, they weren't as annoying, but they just don't fit at all. They've already been like grandfathered in. That we just, I just accepted it like at this point. And there's like once you know, once you like dislike a character or some aspect of it, mm-hmm. you're like lasered into it, right? And you're okay. like, well, this little thing, I didn't like how they did this and that, right? Right, right, right. Like for example, um, when uh, what I know you noticed this, like when one of the guys is they're being attacked, mm-hmm. and then he. He's like carrying the Chewbacca dude. Oh, and he does a stupid ass the, the, little spin. The spin, the spin. I'm like, yeah. Why the fuck is that necessary? Well, he's he's carrying a black chrysanthemum. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks corny as hell. He, he like drops the shoulder, does the spin. Like yeah. you would have been shot like in the mid mid spin if you were like not you know careful. Yeah, and then um, I think it was before that he drives up with his bike. He gets one shot and he falls, and the girl rescued him. I'm like. What are you doing? Like, you look like such a fucking noob just randomly going into battle. And, like, mm-hmm. it's annoying. Do you, do you know who Ed Boon is? No. Okay, Ed Boon's, like, one of the creators of Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. He put a tweet about complaining about, like, what is this dumb spin move? And then somebody quote tweeted him. He's like, I know the creator of Mortal Kombat is not complaining about, like, a stylish choice. And I was like, ooh, that's a good one. Like, that's a good singer. Wait, refer- referencing, like, what move? The, that, that movie you're talking about, the Star Wars one, where he spins around with a gun. Mm-hmm. Like, Ed Boon was like, like, he's like, man, like, why did Star Wars do like this weird, like. What was the connection to Mortal Kombat? Because Mortal Kombat's like over the top, like, flashy. Oh, we're talking about the film? The game, the game. He's a creator. Ed Boon cre- co created Mortal Kombat, like, all the games. Okay. And then somebody quote tweeted him, he's like, I know the creator of Mortal Kombat's not, like, like, kind of like ragging on Star Wars for doing something unnecessary. And I was like, damn, that's mm-hmm. a good point. So I thought that was funny. There's, there's that, and there's like some annoyances, like um, well, still connecting the the bikers to this, doesn't it kind of bother you? Like this, maybe this is a nitpick, but doesn't it bother you that you have like these bikers, four of them? Yeah, you have these bikers, and they're just like, just shooting everywhere, running around and shit. Uh huh. But then you have Boba Fett and yeah. the Mandalorian in yeah. full armor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that like well? Okay, first of all, does that make you look at them like you guys are overdoing it? Like relax with the fucking armor, or no? Because they took a lot of shots. Remember, like they were like collapsing on each other, like taking so many shots. Like it was just like dinging them. But I'm sure some of those were like hurting. <laughs> yeah, but the, doesn't it kind of bother you? Because we like... saw them like take shots, like hits, and they're kind of just like, bouncing off, but they're still like impacting and they're still hurting them. Yeah, but to me, there's like a disconnect where these guys are just like wearing these like. Like, they're in a fucking fashion show, and these guys are, like, wearing all this armor. I see. It's like, hey, guys, they're... you know there's a big-ass battle coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know people are trying to assassinate yeah, you. Can yeah, you guys yeah. put on, like, some armor? Yeah, yeah. There was one guy who, like, specifically, like, he's not the most... Pro- he wasn't, like, the most shown one, but he has, like, this very, like, pretty boy aesthetic going on with, like, with, the, with the coat. Did you know what I'm talking about? The guy with the eye thing? No, not the main one. No, not the okay. main one or the girl. There's another guy that's always with them. Like, he has, like, this, like, very stylish haircut, and he has, like, a coat. Like, a white, like, a beige coat. I think so. 
And he looks so out of place of all of them. Does he have, like, the piece of armor that looks like it's painted on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But he has, like, this vest. Not a vest, I'm sorry. He has, like, this long, like, kind of, like, like uh, what do you call it? Like, a waistcoat? I'm like, I don't know what you call him. But it's, like, the kind of thing that you would see on a fashion runway rather than yeah. a battlefield. And it's just, like, like dude, you're, like, overdressed for this. Like, that's going to – you're going to get that thing caught on something and you're going to get killed for it kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and also not to mention, like, they never get fucking dirty. Yeah. Little shit like that is just annoying to me. That is true. Yeah, but then that's an issue because well, that's a budget thing too, I think, cuz then you have to make like different variations of the same outfits to account for all the like phases of dirtiness and stuff, I think. Yeah. I feel like just knowing that the bikers are there makes me criticize the episode so much more. Like I'm nitpicking like everything. What did you think there. about like like I I mean, I don't think it's spoilers at this point cuz it's kind of obvious from like where it's going, but like the showdown between Boba and Cad Bane. Cuz for me, I felt like that was not built up in any way, really, other than just the episode before introduced Cad Bane, who, yeah. like, who was like a big character in the Clone Wars series. I'm kind of surprised Cad Bane just died like right there. Yeah, he kind of went out like, well, I mean, it was a good, the issue with that is that we're shown that Cad Bane is quicker in every way, uh-huh. but then he still like gets physically outmaneuvered by a much older, not much older, because Cad Bane's technically older, but by a impaired, not at his peak Boba Fett kind of like, because he gets him with the gaffy stick, right? He like knocks him over. That was cool. I like that scene. Yeah, but it just seemed weird because like Cad Bane's supposed to be quicker and way more craftier, and he kind of just like like Boba's like like feigning, Cad, and then Cad Bane is older, right? Yes, that's what he. Said. He's older, but he's not like physically older in that sense. Well, he's a different species. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like... It doesn't like he's older, but like it doesn't affect him the same way he does like someone okay. like Boba. And, like, just the way Boba maneuvers, like, outmaneuvers him and drops him. And I'm like, what? Like, no. Like, Cad Bane's supposed to be quicker. Like, he shouldn't fall for something that simple, I thought. I don't know. I yeah. felt like it wasn't built up. The finale, like, oh, like, oh, like, the between the bounty hunters. And I'm just like, like, we it have no. Been more of that, for sure, yeah. Because he doesn't show up till like, the penultimate episode. And it's like, okay, this is the showdown. And it's like, yeah, but we, like, have, unless you watched a lot of Clone Wars, like, you have the average viewer who's watching this is going to have no frame of reference to like why this guy matters. Yeah, cuz I didn't know about Cad Bane and then I saw him in the previous episode and I'm looking at his demeanor, his style, everything. He's very much like a he's based heavily on uh Did you ever watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Johnny? The no. movie? He's very much based on the bad character in that show in that movie, the Lee Van Cleef, I can't remember the character's mm-hmm. name. They call him like the the bad or whatever. And like his his hat his demeanor, the way he hold, he the way he like goes for his pistols and everything is very much like so much based on that character. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate that, but like the average person is gonna be like, who's this blue guy? You know what I mean? Yeah, but this blue guy that I knew nothing about when they introduced him, I'm like, oh, finally the show is actually getting some grit, you know? Yeah, that isn't just the Mandalorian, some, some true grit. Yeah, and then they just kill him off. I'm like, this character was cool. Like, why didn't you introduce him in the, in, a little bit earlier? Like, I maybe like the, not show so much. I like the way they did his teeth because his teeth yeah. always looked like menacing whenever he yeah, talked. Yeah. Like he would, he would like move. Like you could tell, like the teeth were in the way. The way he would talk, he would like move his mouth. His eyes had like, un- like they were empty, but they also projected a lot of like fucking like fury. anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cabin's cool. If you ever do watch the Clone Wars series, like he's way. The funny thing is, in Clone Wars, he's like way more like. I wouldn't say badass, but he's way more crafty because he has like rocket boots. Like Boba has a jetpack. He has like rocket boots. He has like an extra droid that kind of like, not like a parrot, like, but you know how pirates have parrots. He has like a droid that kind of assists him in battle, like to like run interference and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it wasn't here in the episode, but anyways, so overall seven, I feel like like it was like, like 
it was cool that there was a showdown, but I just felt like there was no context behind it. The like the way like they kind of jumped everybody, like all his like they're patrolling, and then all of a sudden like the locals like turn on them, like the gangs. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was kind of like okay, like yeah, they turned on them, but like how many of them is there really? Like maybe ten, five people or something like that. It seemed like. It's like oh, Boba's it's like they didn't pay off the whole city. Yeah, like his whole plan was like foiled by groups of like five people, huh. and I'm like, really? Like you thought? Okay, you thought your squad of four bikers were gonna take over this? In- we're gonna keep the peace in this entire city quadrant, like these four guys. Yeah. And then when he has like his two Gam- Gamorian guards, the pig guys at that at that, like the little drop off airport station. Yeah. And then they kind of get just pushed off. It's like, you thought those two guys were going to do something? Like, you know what I mean? I just felt like, oh, we got people. We got, like, the city covered. And it's, like, small groups of people who are, like... Yeah, there was some little... Com- there was some... Like, it com- was... Like, oh, that's convenient. Like, the guys, the, the pigs. Like, they're mm-hmm. in the outskirts of the fucking city. On the edge like, of a cliff. Yeah, that's... And right. it's like, okay, we didn't think this through. And then, like, Black Chrysanthemum, like, he's in the area with all the Trandoshans, like, those lizard guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, that doesn't make sense because in Star Wars lore, like, Trandoshans and Wookiees are, like, mortal enemies. So you putting him there is, like, the worst. It's like if mm-hmm. I sent a police officer into, like, downtown LA by himself. And it's like, just make sure nothing happens, officer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know, man. The logist- Like, a lot of the logistics stuff in the episode just kind of didn't work for me. That's the right word. The logistics. Just the writing. The logistics of everything just didn't make sense. Yeah. I, okay, we I guess we kind of did go into spoilers, but it's not like heavy spoilers because I like there's other stuff we could talk about, like mid credit scenes stuff like that that I'm not gonna get into because it's technically not part of the episode for me, so that's separate. But the mid credit scene did kind of make me happy though, because yeah, there's you know. a there's a spoiler that's kind of obvious, right? Like the decision. Mm-hmm. Was that not an obvious decision? Are you talking about the mid credit scene? No, like, uh, I don't want to fucking say, spoil it. Okay. If it's the one I'm thinking of. It le- at the, the very the previous season left you with a decision. Like, is he going to pick this or that? Oh! Yeah, yeah. I, I that's, That seemed obvious just because of the movies, the way the movies played out. Because the the way Force Awakens, like, talks about, like, the Jedi Order and, like, what happened to, like, Luke's, like... I mean, we're kind of getting into it, but, like... Yeah, no, that, uh, that decision, I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. It's, it seems obvious. I don't know the history of all that that you're talking about. But in the previous episode, they're doing things where it's like, hey, there's... there's yeah, because like, uh, he wouldn't... He would In order for him to survive that situation, he would have to not be there. That's the only way that would play out. Okay. So I knew he wasn't going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It also makes for a lot better story. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. Yeah, so... Anyways, Johnny, this isn't a Star Wars podcast. Even. Although... I do, I do, I do do a Star Wars podcast. That's separate from this, but I digress. I can't find that podcast because it's only on YouTube. I keep telling you. I did find it on YouTube. Or did you check? Did you look for my Star Wars show? Yep. Those words on YouTube. All right, you're gonna I have to look s- under. Bla- I searched and it's fucking just not there. All right, you're gonna have to look under backlog banter because it's part of a bigger like, YouTube channel where it's like the Star Wars show that we do is only a small portion of that YouTube channel. Because. It- it's gonna take too long for me to get into it, but like, it's just a new segment that one of the hosts of that show of that channel has just started. So you have to scroll down until you see the Star Wars stuff. Keep going, because they did a lot of like the Nintendo coverage. You're gonna you're gonna see the Star Wars pick, and you're gonna find it. Uh, keep. Uh, did you go to the right channel? I don't think you went to the right channel. What's well, there? It's, it's one of the first no? things that pop up from backlog. 
yeah, but you have to go to the channel and then oh. go to videos and then pass all that. It's going to be right there. Okay. It's in my history, so I'll watch it later. Yeah. That's the one you did? That's the, I'm on all of the Star Wars ones. Okay. Yeah. It's me and my friend Abram. We're the host of the Star Wars. Of that, because they do a lot of shows on, like under their banner, under their umbrella. Backlog dancer. Yeah, but only the Star Wars ones are the ones with me on it. And that is uh, my Star Wars show. My Star Wars show. That's what it's called. That's what the show within the channel is called. You that's know what I'm saying? Bit, that's a little bit um. Not creative. What about a name change? Like <laughs> two guys, one lightsaber. I don't know. No, no, we're not doing that. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen. This, of course, is the Duo Sense podcast where we talk about games and gaming adjacent news every week. Uh, we're recording this one a little later because I had some things, you know, life happens. And I know that happened. I know that's kind of like the running gag at this point that we're always like late, but, uh, you know, better late than never and all that. I am your host, as always, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self proclaimed lost cause. Because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count. The unnecessary one. Johnny. What's up? You okay, Johnny? You're looking really red right I'm now. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just running shit through my head. Are, is your brain like overheating? <clears throat> no, let's get into the news. We need to get you like a water cooling system. or. Uh, you I got my uh, strawberry lemonade right here. I'm good. All right. So that, that'll be like the water cooling. The, the uh, you know, when they put those water pipes in computers, that's what that's what that is for you. I forget what they're called, but so I digress. Okay, I digress. Johnny, we've uh, we have several things to talk about today, uh, so let's just dive into it. Johnny, you did not watch the Nintendo Direct, did you? <clears throat> not really. Okay, so you saw something of it. Yeah, I saw parts of it, but give me give me the parts that jumped out at you. Well, Mario has like this fucking game. <laughs> 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 okay. I don't know what the hell this game is because it's like not even gameplay. It's you, just like this. Uh... You're talking about Mario Strikers, right? Yeah. What? what it's soccer. It's soccer. It's Mario and the whole Mario crew, Yoshi, that, Bowser, but they're playing soccer. Because I thought they were gonna have like all the games, like they were gonna have the whole tennis and soccer, and then no, just soccer. There is a Wii Sports. Well, it's called Switch Sports now, but there is a sports. There's a successor to Wii Sports, but now for Switch that was announced. So like tennis, golf, or not golf, I'm sorry. Tennis, that one with the sword where you whack each other with the sword. Uh, Shoot, what was the other one? Volleyball and some other ones are in there now. Hmm. Remember Wii Sports on the Wii? We would play that a lot with the bowling and everything. So now they're making a Switch version of that, like a successor to it, like a spiritual sequel to it. But yeah, the Mario game you're talking about is Mario Strikers. I I forgot the subtitle. The Mario Strikers series hasn't been around since, like, the Wii era. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's kind of a big deal, because a lot of people have been asking for, basically, Mario Soccer to come back. That's what it is. So that's what that... That's what... that The, Mar- the Mario game you're referring to is that one. So then they have a mech thing. They barely showed any of it. A mech thing? Yeah, they had this mech video game. Oh, yes! Front Mission 1 and 2 Remake. So you've played it before? I have played Front Mission, okay. the DS1. All right. Front mission. It's basically XCOM with mechs. Oh. Yeah, it's a it's a tactical strategy game. So you move around with tiles like on a grid. Uh-huh. It's a RP, It's a tactical RPG done by Square Enix. It's like an old franchise they haven't like really touched in like at least ten years or so. But the front missions are pre- they're not like the most 
like right now when I said XCOM, like XCOM has way more of a public profile than because you you heard XCOM and you're like oh, but like the name Front Mission probably doesn't mean that much to you as no. it doesn't for most people. No. But it's one of the Square Enix's more like niche, niche, niche. Is it niche or niche? I say niche. I say niche, but niche sounds right. Uh, it's one of like their less known series. They had a they had two of them I think on PS2, mm-hmm. and the one on DS. And ever since the DS one had been kind of radio silent. So it looks like Front Mission 1 and 2, which both came out on the PS1 back in the day, are getting like a modern, I don't know if it was Switch exclusive, but they're getting a modern like remake on Switch. So as someone who loves tactics style games and loves robots, it's I'm very excited about Front Mission 1 and 2. And then we also saw, uh, they showed us more of um, the, uh, what's it called, Advance Wars 1 and 2. Have you seen that? With the little cute little tanks and the giant. Yeah, it's not- Kind of skipped through a lot of that. Again, another grid-based kind of like... I don't want to... I keep saying XCOM because I know that's what gets you excited, but like it's that style of like you're taking turns moving characters around the board kind of thing. And then like it's like a range, how far, probability, and all that stuff. It was like a... What was it? Star Ocean? No, Star Ocean's a regular RPG. No, it was a similar name to that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Orange Star, I believe, is the name of the team... Is the name of the nation that you control. Okay, the continue. it's Advance Wars one and Advance War Advance Wars two Black Hole Rising, mm-hmm. so they're being packaged together as like a complete top to bottom uh, remake. Uh, let's go ahead. And, I have a little. There's other stuff that was announced. Obviously, we saw more of Kirby. What do you think? Did you see the Kirby car? I missed the Kirby car. Oh god. Okay. And so it's basically just more about the Kirby game that's coming out in March. Uh, is it March or April? Oh, this one was kind of interesting. No, April fourth, I think. Clonoa. Oh, I was excited about that. Clonoa, I haven't seen it since the Dreamcast era. Hmm. Clonoa, that was a game that one of our cousins Jeremy had on Dreamcast. Yeah, it's the a, name was familiar. It's a 2D uh, platformer, but mm-hmm. it, like it's one of the more unique platformers. Oh, this is a game I was, I was, it was like Chrono Cross. Yeah, it is Chrono Cross. Yeah, Chrono Cross is getting a HD remaster, which is really cool. They don't look that great. I was, I, I love this direct. I'm usually not someone who's really into Nintendo directs because I'm not like the core audience really. Mm-hmm. But there was so many RPGs shown for it. Like I felt like this was the direct tailor made for me because I'm a huge RPG guy. And seeing Chrono Cross, Front Mission One and Two, Advance Wars, freaking uh, that Live Alive HD. Did you see that Live Alive? No. It was like that one with the 3D backgrounds, but it was like 2D characters. Did you see that one? Kind of like Octopath Traveler? That sounds cool. It's a 3D setting, but the characters are like thin, like 2D graphics. Hmm. But they're overlaid onto a 3D world. Live a lot. Live a live live or live a live. I don't know what's called, but that's a RPG from like, it it was originally a Japanese only game. And it's like the first time ever. Oh, you saw, he's looking at the Kirby car right now. (laughs) What do you think about that, Johnny? Does that, does that do anything for you? Why is it scary? You think it looks like, like a blob, like it's just overstretched. He's about to tear, tear, yeah. He's about to tear a new one. So yeah, Kirby. I'm a big Kirby fan, so I'm excited about that. I don't know, No Man's Sky. I'm... No Man's Sky. That's right. It's finally coming to Switch. I'm curious to see because I don't know if they mentioned if it's going to be a cloud version or a physical version. Because I would be impressed if the Switch can run that like natively on the hardware. I mean, it's not the most intensive looking game but just because i know they're like the the scale of like how oh, big you're right yeah how big the world like the draw distance yeah exactly that's i imagine that would be an issue for the switch to handle uh let me see what was some other stuff that was mentioned got splatoon 3 yeah i'm not a big splatoon fan though i don't 
yeah, that was shown. I know there's people out there who care about that. I kind of, I'm not a Splatoon guy, so it's like whatever to me. Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports is the one I told you about right now. That's the sequel to the Wii Sports. Were you going to say something, Johnny? Uh, triangle Strategy? Yes! Let's go. Triangle Strategy looks awesome. That's another grid-style like tactics-based RPG. Mm-hmm. Same thing as I told you. That one also has a 3D environment, 2D characters. Like uh, yeah, You're looking yeah. at it right now. Yeah. And with the different like camera angles and stuff, that game I'm super. That one comes out. I I want to believe in March. That one's like that's like the closest game that I'm excited about. So I can't wait to get my hands on Triangle Strategy. The only thing I'm thinking about now is if I'm gonna be too busy with Horizon and Elder Ring still at that time, because between Nintendo and PlayStation, like the next two months are really gonna hurt my wallet because there's some bangers coming out. Just wait. But I want to play them, Johnny. I want to play them. You don't have to get them at the same time. That's true. I want to. Yeah, I usually just beat a game, then move on. Beat a game, move on. Beat a game, move on. Uh, then we saw Portal and Portal Two are getting ported to Switch. Good for you. Mario Kart Eight is getting DLC, not a new game. That game they just keep milking that game for like the last six, seven years. So what's the DLC? It's yeah. forty-eight new tracks, Whoa, which is substantial. Really? And they're wild. they're releasing them in waves though, so it's like eight tracks every few months and up until cool. up until 2023 the end of 2023 so like every quarter is like eight new tracks eight new tracks what is your favorite track i haven't played mario kart in a long time but my favorite one has always been the rainbow road ones yeah, i was gonna say that yeah. rainbow roads every any variation of rainbow road is my favorite track uh i think metro oh yeah metroid dread is getting like some kind of update with a super hard mode where you, if you get hit once you die which sounds frustrating that makes me not really... I mean, it's optional, so you don't have to play it that way. But uh, I think those were most... Uh, I think we kind of... Like, a lot of there's a lot of ports and... Re- oh, for some reason, the Force Unle- Unleashed is getting a port for the Switch. Do you remember that game? Where you play a Star Killer and like you're moving like stuff around with the Force and stuff? No, I don't remember. No? You don't remember the Force Unleashed? I remember the title, but I don't remember any of the gameplay. Okay, it's, it's alright. It's not that great. But anyways, I think that's most of the stuff. Uh, as, as a Switch owner, I'm very excited for... Like I mentioned, a lot of the RPGs are stuff that I'm looking forward to. Earthbound, I started playing Earthbound last night because Earthbound 1 and 2. I'm sorry. Is that a medieval type of game? No, it's the one that Ness is from. Ness from Smash Brothers, you know, the little kid yeah. with the yo-yo. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's actually an RPG set like in a modern contemporary setting. Like, it's you're, you go around like actual cities and stuff. Like, it's weird. It's like an RPG set in an urban environment. Mm-hmm. so it's not medieval far from it actually it's very modern actually <laughs> which is not common for rpgs i think that, yeah that was about it so there was some things i'm very excited about i kind of mentioned it and then whatever i didn't mention or whatever i admitted it's because i'm not excited about it so take that as you may john let's move on to our next story this one comes from push square written by liam croft which sounds like a character in a video game liam croft oh or a croft, that's why I'm thinking that. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Rumor, Resident Evil 4 remake making changes. Announcement could be soon. It's been a while since we heard anything about the rumored remake of Resident Evil 4, but a new report from Fanbyte suggests the project is making some changes to the beloved game. Citing sources speaking to the website, Imran Khan, who accurately reported on Xenoblade Chronicles 3 long before its announcement, claims the remake is expected to be unveiled in early 2022. Therefore, if all goes to plan, a reveal may not be too far away. So I'm just going to interject real quick, and I'll read it in a second. 
Resident Evil 4 was obviously one of the games that got leaked in that Capcom hacking, like, over, what, almost two years at this point ago? That was obvious. Come on. It's... Yeah, Resident Evil 4 was something, like, we've known about for at least two years, so it's not that big of a deal. What is a big deal is the changes that the article talks about. The changes made in the remake, however, are what fans will be most interested in. According to Khan, the famous introductory sequence in which Leon S. Kennedy is chased by a gang of villagers will now take place at night. Yes. In fact, a decent portion of the game will be under the cover of darkness. This is apparently to make for a scarier tone and to bring the game more in line with what was pitched during the development of the original title on Nintendo GameCube. Elsewhere, some of the optional campaigns like Assignment Ada and Separate Ways are being fleshed out. According to the report, Resident Evil 3 developer M2 is focusing on combining the two campaigns to make a more fluid and polished companion piece. However, it's not yet known if this content will be part of the base package or sold later as DLC. It's also noted that side characters will be given larger roles and more screen time. The Resident Evil 4 remake project is yet to be confirmed by Capcom, but if Fanbyte's report proves to be true, then an official announcement could take place in the next couple of months. We wouldn't expect it to actually launch until next year, at the very least, however. Alright, so that's the end of the article, actually. It, that was a short one, so I actually read it all the way through. Uh, so, okay, so you remember separate ways in, like, the Operation Ada stuff, Johnny? I think that one comes, like, after you beat the game, right? There's, like, like optional bonus missions. Wait, for which iteration? In Resident Evil 4, where you play as Ada, like, in her own separate, like... Because you do, like, after you beat the game... I remember this because you guys had the game on PS2. Mm-hmm. I rem- you there's like an option you unlock like an optional side story with Ada where you like fight Krauser and like do some other stuff on the side, like in parallel to what Leon's doing at the same time. I don't remember all that. I think I know. I think Josie played it. Maybe you didn't play it. But I know Josie, your brother played it. I must have played it. I just don't I come, I like. I played a fucking. Yeah, game. it's really short. But it says here like they're gonna flesh that out more, so I imagine it's gonna be longer, and they're gonna try to integrate it more into like the campaign instead of like I guess what I'm understanding. It sounds like they're not. It's not gonna be like oh, plus after you beat the game, like here's this extra thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's gonna be weaved into naturally into that actual like campaign. Are they saying they're gonna keep that edition? They're gonna expand on that edition. Because I thought they were just saying they were gonna expand on her storyline. Yeah, so which I imagine folded into the yes. Actual. That's what it sounds like. The only confusion is whether it's like part of the game or it's part of like DLC or something. Mm-hmm. I imagine they probably would include it as like. I mean, if we're hearing about it this early, it sounds like it's going to be part of the main game. Uh, what do you think about it? About the game now being primarily set at night? Because if you remember, the original one takes place like I want to say mid afternoon. It's like very gray skies. A lot of the game is like lit up by sunlight. So what do you think about that? Because you seem excited about that. Yeah, if it's going to give you a scarier vibe, cool. And if the game isn't that long, then cool. But I, I tend to burn out on games that have like a very drab color palette. Which Resident Evil 4, lots of grays, lots of browns. Yeah, but maybe that had to do with just the tech back in the day. Maybe it was easy, just easier to render because you don't have to use as many textures. And everything kind of just blends like blah together kind yeah, of. That, I could that see might that. might have been a reason. Possibly. Um, but yeah, they tend to be like how long? Like. 15 hours probably less than that yeah. yeah so was that short dark mode yeah totally totally down for it dark mode that's what you're calling it <laughs> dark mode, but a, a darker it's like a nighttime version it's like would you like to play this game in the dark for reduced ice strain <laughs> like that kind of option <laughs> it sounds cool i'm really curious to see if they're gonna keep the gameplay exactly the same like over the shoulder third person they have to well because they've done make everything first person andrew okay okay fair enough 
But they have been kind of doing that for a while. Well, you know what? I and think I, I think you're right yeah. because if this is being done like kind of like Resident Evil two and three, those are over the person, yeah. third shoot third person. So I said over the person, over the shoulder third person. So uh, it could be right. I know this game's not going to be ready for a while. We talked about the Capcom leak like months ago, but uh, I would I'm very excited for whatever iteration of Resident Evil four that we get. So. Yeah, and this is possible early 2022 review. Yeah, but we're not going to get our hands on it until at least, like, fourth quarter, probably 2023. Maybe summer 2023, but I'd be pushing it. Do you think it. that long? Yeah, I mean... No, but... Okay. They it, announced, what, the last version of the came out, like, less than six months later? Are you talking about 3 or... Uh, uh, the remake for 3. The difference there is that 3 came out a year after 2, and that's because only they used re- so, much, so much recycled assets, because it's Raccoon City again. And yeah. they already had the template for Nemesis right there with Mr. with Mr. X. So a lot of it was just like Yeah, but I could see a lot of around. recycled stuff from seven. You mean eight? From eight, yeah. Into the village into Rising a very form. similar look to that. That's a good point. You're right. If they they already had all the fucking concept artists that are into that type of design, you know? Yeah, and there's already so many parallels between Village and the original four. Yeah. Like setting wise and everything. Yeah, but they did say they did say that this game was gonna be substantially bigger than the remake to three yeah it would have a lot to of be. people complain like well, oh, three's too short like, the clock tower section yeah so we need a bigger game that could be why they're taking longer then yeah yeah so looking forward to that uh let's move on to the next one johnny we have this one comes from push square this is the one you wanted to bring up too it's okay so you want to talk about this it comes from written by robert ramsey Sony, more likely than Microsoft to acquire a Japanese game company, Alice explains. So without even reading the article, I can tell you yes, because Japanese companies acquire Japanese companies is a lot easier than non-Japanese companies acquiring Japanese companies. But let's let's actually get into it. So if Microsoft's planned $68 billion buyout of Activision Blizzard has you wondering who's next and whether the tech giant could scoop up your favorite Japanese publisher at any moment, then we've got good news. It probably maybe might not happen video game consultant and writer nathan brown has penned a very informative article on the subject of overseas companies acquiring japanese businesses with the help of japanese gaming industry analyst sirkan toto sirkan sirkan toto the article outlines why a japanese firm like sony would be a front runner in buying other japanese companies and why microsoft can't simply waltz in and acquire whatever it wants we're obviously not going to copy and paste the whole article here, but the gist of it is that Japanese businesses tend to do things differently. Generally speaking, Japanese companies aren't keen on being bought up with mergers, like Square Enix and Koei Tecmo, being much more common. Additionally, hostile takeovers are pretty much viewed as bad business from top to bottom. Toto explains, quote, Hostile takeovers are generally considered the antithesis, uh, or antithesis, I think it's the right word, of the Japanese way of doing business, and almost always a very bad idea. A foreign entity taking over a publicly traded studio against its own will would be a suicide mission. Everybody would leave instantly. I would bet my house this will not happen. Ever. I wonder who he's betting the house against. Who's gonna own- If it ever happens, who's going to get the ownership of the house? Basically, it would be a big pain in the arse for Microsoft to seal the deal on any... Japanese company. Toto continues, Sony, of course, has a home field advantage, and some of the challenges that would come up for Microsoft would not apply to Sony. Toto even concludes with, dare we say, a bit of a tease. It doesn't have to be one of the publicly traded powerhouses, but I believe Sony is at least considering making a move in Japan soon. So there you have it. 
You don't have to lose any more sleep over nightmares about Big Uncle Phil absorbing your beloved Japanese game devs. You hear that, Johnny? You can sleep peacefully at night now. Although, earlier in the article, Toto does temper things by saying, nothing can be ruled out in this day and age. Uh-oh. Anyway, interesting stuff. What do you think? Okay, that's like a little call to action at the end. So, Johnny, are you going to sleep? The question is, are you going to sleep more soundly at night? Well, he just contradicted himself in the very last sentence. Well, he doesn't want to rule out. He's not saying, like, you know, never say never. But the odds are extremely unlikely. Okay. Are you going to sleep better at night? I'm not sure. You're not sure. I'm mortified of that. You might want to continue with those. That another um, big company is going to purchase Capcom more. You might want to continue with those melatonin pills or whatever they're called. Melatonin. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's melatonin. Okay, there you go. Uh, yeah, we talked about this before on the pod. Like, I want to say over a year ago at this point, we talked about how the the way Japanese people do business um, is very different from the West. They're mm-hmm. like, you get employed somewhere, you're there for life, pretty much. You don't really, you don't do the thing where you hop, you shop for like better offers, really. Like, your business life is very much like your family life, and they treat like their employees over there. Like, they almost will not fire you. It's almost, I wouldn't say it's impossible to get fired. But, like, you know how here in the West, like, someone who gets older, they kind of just get cut, like, before the benefits kick in? Mm-hmm. In Japan, like, the, biz- the way they do business, like, if you're old and, like, they basically, you keep your position, but they might just take away some responsibilities away for you to handle. So, like, you're kind of, like, almost, not like a retirement home or, like, con- or like hospice, but, like, they're not going to they're not gonna throw you out when you become old and, like, you know, not able to hang anymore. So, they cut back on your, like, responsibilities and kind of shuffle you around. But they will never like outright fire you because that's just cruel. So, also we're talking about the country with an extremely high suicide rate because of the way business is practiced. So, take what I say with a grain of salt. Wait, what? Yeah, because Be- the way businesses. So over there, like employees are super loyal to their companies to the point where like they will not leave early. Like if anybody who leaves early, like it looks like you look like a slacker. Mm-hmm. And over there, like their focus on work is extreme, like to the point where, like, because we take care of you, like it's a give and take kind of situation. So, like, they demand a lot of loyalty and stuff from their employees, mm-hmm. and a lot of people get overworked and yeah. they feel trapped, and they actually have a huge level of suicide and depression over there because of their work life balance. Remember, we were talking about how like they have like a declining birth rate like a while back though. It has a lot to do with like career and ambition and stuff like that. Like people there, like their career. You know how we say your job shouldn't like define you. Yeah. Over there, it really does because like everything revolves around like work, 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 work. But then, like like I said, like they do take care of you. Like if like you don't have to worry about getting cut really. So they go to that um. What is it called? The, the it's forest? like a huh? They go to the forest. The suicide forest. Kind. I well sometimes. What I'm saying is it's like a symbiotic relationship. We take care of you. You take care of us. That's neither here nor there. Johnny, so did you want to add anything else to that, Johnny, about the... We talked about this. Like, if anything, if Capcom ever were to get bought or Konami ever got bought, it would either be by Nintendo, unlikely, or PlayStation, a little more likely. Do you think it's worth buying? No. I already... (laughs) Whatever it is, I'm just going to say no. But, okay. Humor me. Yeah, but why? Okay. Like, why, why not get Metal Gear and... Oh, oh, th- oh, please. Yes, Konami, please. Yes, yes, yes. For Konami's sake, yes. But why? Because Konami's not using their IPs. It's just kind of like, it's just, you know how people complain about rich people, like, just having their money, not doing anything in the economy? That is true, but I That's mean, how I feel with Konami. We're going to have to buy it for billions. We're going to have to buy it billions? for, like, at least five billion. That Well, at least that's what they're saying. What was their, do you remember their valuation last time you looked so it up? like, 4.5 or 5. 
Uh, Sony can eat the cost. PlayStation can eat the cost. Yeah, but why? Is, if they're gonna spend like five billion, why? If if it have... means Gradius and Metal Gear oh and Silent See, Hill. See, when I hear the names, I'm like, you and Castlevania gotta, you gotta and Yu-Gi-Oh and like all those brands, all that stuff that's still making money. The pachinko machines, the trading card game. I think long term, yeah, it makes sense because if like Metal Gear, it's like, why can't you just make your own Metal Gear? Like you have Siphon Filter. And it's a different type of game. Oh, imagine if Studio Band got their hands on Metal Gear. I love Siphon, dude. It's it's amazing. Does it compare to Metal Gear? Maybe not, but if you get the right people in there, it, it might be. Kind imagine of if he did that. If he got Studio Band onto Metal Gear Solid, like yeah. what they could do with like, uh, especially now I'm thinking of like how Dying, how uh, Days Gone came out. Like, I mean, the tech is there to make like a solid, solid pun intended Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah, so <laughs> dope. There's Metal Gear. What do we do about um, uh, Castlevania? Give it to Night Dog. Yeah, but do we have an IP that's comparable to that? Who's we? Uh, Sony. See, Castlevania, like, oh, like, kind of like a parallel to it? Not really. Yeah, and necessarily, I mean... Who... No, because Castlevania, I mean, there's it's, it has its own category, Metroidvanias, which are, like, side-scrolling 2D RPGs that you go, like, backtracking into and stuff like that. But then there's so many games. Ca- okay, Castlevania is cool, but then there's so many and games then they that get are... Contra, kind... John. I forgot about Contra. Contra's fucking dope. Contra on your PlayStation, like... But Contra, then we have a... Uh, what Silicon. if we made Contra... Like the next like multiplayer online game, SoCom. SoCom, yeah, but they're not doing anything with SoCom. Well, that's the thing. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like why buy them when we have things that are kind of comparable. Like SoCom isn't the same thing. Contra it's... is like way over the fucking top type of deal. Well, I mean they're 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 just two like DNA wise. They're just two completely different games. One's a side scrolling shoot 'em up, and the other one's a tactical military based third person shooter. What I'm trying to say is like if they drop like five billion and it costs like. A hundred mil to make a game. Well, remember it what Jim sense, Ryan said. But long term, or well, if they have that name recognition, right? Con- yeah. Oh, one of the OGs. Yeah. I mean, that's literally where the Konami code came from and everything. But do you remember Johnny Jim Ryan did say there would be more acquisitions in the future? Yeah. What? If, what if Konami was one of those hinted at acquisitions? Well, I don't know if you mentioned this in the pod, but did you say last time? I don't know if it, if you said it or not. Capcom or Konami. Oh, yeah, you gave me that conundrum. I told you Konami, far more. Capcom is fine. They don't need the help. Capcom really just has Resident Evil. No. They have Mega Man. They have Darkstalkers. Yeah. They have but, Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, but for me, it's just Resident Evil. Oh, well, then say that. Just say for me, it's it's Resident Evil then. Because, like, you're ignoring so many of their other IP when you say just You know what? That. Maybe that's why Sony bought that tournament uh, studio. Evo. Evo, yeah. Not a studio. It's just, yeah, it's a what tournament. It? It's, it's, it's the rights to the tournament, basically. Yeah, maybe because they have intent to purchase that. Oh, possibly. some synergy there, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Ooh. You heard it here first. You heard it f- heard, Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Johnny says Sony buys Capcom. If it doesn't happen within the year, you have my permission to heckle him. I say they go for. And, I, I think it's likely that they go for Konami. And to berate him. And I will also give you his address so you can bother him. You're going to dox me. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on, Johnny. Okay, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like, uh, Konami would be the dream scenario. Uh, all, that's the only company I would want them to, to buy because they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't like acquisitions. I think the market's the healthiest when there's comp- competition. Yep. But Konami's like at this point just drifting in the sea, like dead. Like they're like they need the um, they need a what was that? Re- you remember that Reagan slogan where like if if something's moving, you tax it. If it keeps moving, you regulate it. And then if it's like dead, you subsidize it. 
Huh. Konami needs to be subsidized. But they are making money, so do they? For gamers' sake, yes. Yes, okay. they do. Right. Yes, indeed. All right, let's move on. This article comes to us by way of Polygon, Johnny. Written by Michael McWhorter. I like that. Michael McWhorter. Sounds like someone important. Sony, with Bungie's help, to launch more than 10 live service games by 2026. Good lord. I don't know if we need 10 of them, but... Man, I should have written for sure something. Let's get into it. Sony Interactive Entertainment may be best known for its... Well, Johnny, Johnny, what are you doing? Go ahead. Okay, you distracted me. Sorry. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment may be best known for its marquee single-player-focused games like God of War, The Last of Us, The Goat, Spider-Man, Uncharted, and Horizon, The Other Goat, these days. But the PlayStation Company has big plans to expand its live-service online multiplayer offerings. And the recent acquisition of Destiny developer Bungie will be an important component in that strategy, Sony says. The strategic significance of this acquisition lies not only in obtaining the highly successful Destiny franchise, as well as major new IP that Bungie is currently developing, Sony Executive Deputy President and CFO Hiroki Totoki. Oh, I love how that rhymes. I love the alliteration there. Hiroki Totoki said in an investor presentation, broadcast on Wednesday, but also in incorporating into the Sony group the expertise and technologies that Bungie has developed in the live game service space. We intend to utilize these strengths when developing game IP at PlayStation Studios as we expand into the live game services area. Quote, through close collaboration between Bungie and PlayStation Studios, we aim to launch more than 10 live service games by the fiscal year ending March 31st, 2026. So that's exactly four years from next month. Totoki didn't specify which titles or properties would be included in that 10 game four year span. But his comments align with how Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan recently spoke of its acquisition of Bungie. Quote, The way people play games has changed a lot. War has changed. The way people play games has changed a lot over the last few years, Ryan said in an interview with Game Industry. We have created some wonderful properties over the course of the last 25 years with characters that people love and resonate the world over. Offering the opportunity to enjoy those experiences in a completely different way is something that we are very excited about. I can't go into details today, but we have a really amazing roadmap on how to do that. The way to do that clearly is with the aid of Bungie, which has grown and maintained Destiny 2 across multiple generations in hardware platforms over the past four and a half years for millions of players. Added Ryan, quote, When you have the potential to have a partner like Bungie who has been there, done it all before, learned the lessons and have got this wonderful, brilliant team who is there and has the potential to help us, we think we can take something that would have taken a certain number of years and significantly decrease the time it will take to get it right. End quote. While Bungie will continue to grow Destiny 2, two major expansions, The Witch Queen and Lightfall, are still on the way. The studio also has other irons in the fire. With various financial backing from NetEase, Bungie is also reportedly developing a new multiplayer action game with a potential hero focus, a la Overwatch and Valorant. That game may be named Matter, Eh, that's a weak name. Based on a trademark filing dating back to 2018. As for PlayStation Studios, Sony's internal teams have had have a few other live service game candidates in the works. Naughty Dog is working on the multiplayer follow-up for The Last of Us Part Two, And an internal studio is reportedly making a new Twisted Metal. Sony is also partnering with newly formed ex-Treyarchers Dave Anthony and Jason Blundell's Deviation Games and Jade Raymond's Haven Studios. I'm really excited to see what Haven does. To develop new properties for PlayStation. That's the end of the article. Johnny, okay, this is going to be a two two questions. One, 
what do you think about 10 live service games, especially seeing as how live service games compete so hard to, you know, for the mind share of gamers these days? And then second, which prop, which Sony properties would you like to see become a live service game? So go with the first one, please. What do you think about all these live service games? Do you think 10, I feel like 10 is overkill because I mean, it's kind of like they're eating themselves in a way where you have, you're going to have your games competing against your games, 10 of them. Like who has the, who has the mind share to focus on? Obviously not everybody's going to play all 10 games, but I feel like maybe three or four is a sweet spot. 10 is just like, unless they're across multiple genres, it just seems like overkill. What do you think? I don't think 10 is an overkill because they're not all going to be successes. Exactly. That it seems like they're kind of setting they're setting themselves up for some of those to fail. Is what I'm but, saying. Yeah, but they don't know what is going to be a success. They're kind of just throwing things at the board to see what sticks. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think they're going to be great games. And maybe <sighs> that they... just sounds like because I always think of this stuff as like opportunity costs, like where that could have those efforts, that money could have gone into something that would more than likely be successful on its own merits, like a single player kind. Yeah, of. but say say if the game costs 100 mil and they produce the fucking game. And they do their microtransactions and it dies in, I don't know, two years. Mm-hmm. Did they recoup their money? If it if it made the money in those two years? Yeah. yeah I guess so. So was that a waste? Uh, I mean, you don't want to just break even on a project. Because even breaking even is still losing potential money. You don't want to break even. But if out of those ten, they do get like three successes, that's the fucking golden ticket. But it took that experimentation to get there. Okay. I see what you mean. So you think, even though they're saying they're going to do 10 life service, like they're realistic about which, how many are actually going to survive is what you're saying. Like, it's really just like, kind of like a a game show. We have 10 contestants and we're going to see who wins by the end. But they're going to eat a lot of costs to find out who wins. Yes? Yeah. You know what? What it could also be is they don't, they don't run it like a Fortnite or Call of Duty because that shit is constantly on. And is it not irritating when you're playing that type of live service game where it's constantly on, where you're just like, when's the next fucking update? No, not really. Well, no, because I usually enjoy the, like when I'm playing Warzone or Call of Duty, I'm not like, there's enough content there where like the next update is not like in the back of my head. I'm just kind of like, it happens when it happens. But maybe someone like you who plays Fortnite, you're more into like the, that game thrives on changing it up every few months. So Yeah, but it's not often enough. It's really, it's pretty frustrating like you want to see more of the storyline and all that right right but what if they take these games and they just do they do like a seasonal thing right like every quarter they focus on a on a online multiplayer game mm-hmm. and they tell you like hey you can stay you can keep playing this game but we're gonna have like the next season of this fucking game right and then you can migrate to that game and then we'll tell you when the next update is is for the game that you we're currently playing, you know? Right. So it's like they they have them in rotation. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't think that would... Because that's... I guess because you're so. Saying, you're saying, like, I don't want to play all these fucking games. But I'd be down for, like, hey, maybe, So you're like, saying... Okay, so you're saying these 10 games are not going to be competing with each other at the exact same time, is what you're saying? Well, they're all going to come out within, what? They said three, four years? So the plan is until 2026 next month. So that's four years. from Four years and a month from now. They plan to have all 10 of these out in some form. I imagine some of them are just going to be like in open betas and then some of them are going to be complete Yeah, games and not and all of them are going to catch my attention, right? right. So, uh, like, I'm going to have a focus on maybe three of them. Right. And if they're kept in rotation... Three of like, them? Can you focus on three live service games? Well, if they're in rotation, if it's like, hey, this game's going to come out for the next six months, you can play this game, and then we drop the next one. 
And then six months from now, look forward to like a massive update on the game you were playing prior. That seems confusing. Like I feel like there'll be huge drop off if you have to wait for months. I feel like you're like, who was it? Someone someone I was listening to recently said that like the it's much more expensive to lose a cut lose someone who you already have compared to acquiring a new like player or, or customer. Yeah, but does that happen with Call of Duty? Like every iteration, every year, it's like yeah, another one. Let's let's fucking do it. Like there might be some burnout because you play the game and you finish it and you stay online for a little bit. But people are still buying the latest iteration of Call of Duty. And it's a new iteration of, of multiplayer as well, right? Right. Like you have... Um... Yeah, but that's because the old one gets phased out like not long after. So you're forced to migrate with like the herd in a way. Yeah, but they both have a different vibe. Like you have your zombies and then you have... I don't know, what's the other? It's like, uh, it's like Spec Ops or some other variation yeah. of it. And those like... Right. Okay, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um... I mean, I already COD is kind of like always the constant. Like I told you, I even bought Vanguard just because, like, I'm not saying it's a drug, but it's like I I have that itch for COD sometimes. Now, if they were to do like ten of them, I'm pretty sure two of them or two or three or so will be the ones that I would like. I imagine within the ten, there's gonna be two or three that are gonna stick out to me as like the cream of the crop in some way. What are you going to say? Well, yeah, because what if we have The Last of Us, which is like a horror game? Do you think that's one of them, or including yeah, the 10? for sure. Or is that like a separate thing? No, that's one for sure. Okay. Well, what do you have that, and then you also have Twisted Metal? I'm not going to play Twisted Metal. Yeah, but for, for me, I am. I'm interested in that. So you would, pl- so, like, okay, so you would cycle between I- factions, Twisted Metal, and Fortnite, and just like... Between- I wouldn't be playing Fortnite. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd be like Last is, of Us. Is Fortnite so because you metal. don't have anything better... In that spot right That's now? That's really it, yeah. Okay, okay. Like, everybody's on that shit. Well, what about your friends? Would they migrate with you to all 10 games, you think? The ones that you do play Fortnite with? Some of them, but it's, I don't think it's like, right. like Right? You tell them, like, hey, guys, when the next thing comes out, we're all going to jump on this I new one. Yeah. I told them, like, hey, guys, just so you know. When Factions. When Factions comes out, I'm not going to be playing Don't this. see me. I, don't expect to see me. I told them this. And what did they say? They were like, Okay. Like, well, I'll go with you? Well, or some of them don't know what it is because some of them are, like, PC or Xbox. Oh, okay. So you play with cross-play people. Yeah. Interesting. So some don't know. Some people some are like, can't... I'm fucking waiting for that. Yeah. So, yeah, some people are going to migrate. Some people aren't even going to have the ability to play that game. Right, right, right. A different platform. Right. So whether they come or they don't, it's not really relevant to me because I'm going to make friends over here on this game and I have a different set of friends over here. So... And you... You can tell your friends, like, hey, get your friends and my friends, and together we can be friends. Play play this game every weekend. Oh. You like that one, don't you? Every weekend? Well, that's that's how the song goes, okay? It's a re- okay, it's a reference. I'm, I'm trying to make a reference. They got you. All right. They know what you're saying. All right. <laughs> okay, so which properties, which currently existing Sony IPs would you like to see become live service games? If they could do it. Days Gone, I think, would be cool as a live oh, service game. Oh, that's a good one. Days Gone, I think, would be dope as a... You're just in the overworld doing missions. Maybe people join you and you go kill just... Uh, what, freakers, right? Freakers? Huh? Freakers, that's what the enemies are called, right? Yeah. Like, how dope would that be? Like, it's just like, oh, this season there's a new variant of the Freakers. Or, like, that we're progressing, like, the overall story, like, next month. Or, like... I think that could work because that's like that's kind of like that would scratch that like Daisy that kind of like online zombie multiplayer like component. yeah Daisy I don't like the gameplay for it compared to Daisy no right I'm coming up with an idea I'm saying like a multiplayer zombie theme game yeah yeah 
Yeah, Days Gone is a, is a great idea. Not likely, but I think that would be a, one of the better choices they can make. Yeah, because you have different enemy types, you have different locations. Then you're they drop loot, better guns, yeah. yeah. All that. What do you? Oh. Uh, Storyline, man. The, the way they left me on that cliffhanger for Days Gone. Because I, I, I mean, it would have to not. I don't think you could do the Deacon continuation in a that style. No, of I'm game. fine with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, okay, Days Gone is cool. They mentioned Bungie Matter. Don't know what the hell that is. Right, right, right. But um, what existing IP though that Sony already has? So there's The Last of Us. Okay. Uh, SOCOM. I'd love to see that game. Twist the Metal. They're working SOCOM on. as a live service game? Yeah. I'm trying to. Okay, so like in the same vein as like Call of Duty, then like a, like expansions that are like like new seasons for SOCOM, or how would that work? I'm wondering. Well, or, you know, you played the last game, right? So you you know it's you want a pack of people. I haven't played one since PS3, which I think was when the last one came out on ps3 because it came with like the bluetooth headset and everything it was like part of a package in the same vein like what do you mean just as far as the updates go well because a live service game like kind of implies that there is like open world traversal and stuff like that like i mean like even warzone like or warzone's like a clone of like fortnite right mm-hmm. so you have like the circle that gets smaller and stuff like like how would the socom formula work for i get you because it's not it's more tactical, small team based yeah, like it's operations. Yeah, like battle royale where all these exactly. people come exactly. That's, how would you? That's a good point. How would you pivot that as a live service? Yeah, game? and SOCOM is like special forces. Exactly. It's not just like a wave. It's of not an all out war. Yeah, it's about disc- like just being discreet and stuff. So how would how would or or would you just slap on a, like a PUBG Warzone skin onto it? Yeah, you're right. I didn't really think about that. I don't want that because that loses what SOCOM is in a way, like the flavor of SOCOM. Which yeah. is not an open world, all out, you know, battle royale. It's, you know what I mean? It's like a contained maybe, experience. Maybe I'm just so desperate for SOCOM. I'd take it like in any, any fashion. <laughs> Even if it's yeah. just SOCOM in name only? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Uh, I, I, what I would prefer is definitely just a SOCOM, like the original one. A SOCOM, yeah, yeah. With the voice commands and everything. Yeah, because if they do go into like a, a battle royale, that's not going to work. Nah. For not, not for It'd be long. too silly and it just, it just wouldn't be SOCOM. Yeah. Um, you can, you can sort of say that about the last of us, but no, cause it's just, that really is a bunch of random people. It really yeah. Is that. Yeah. Factions is different. Yeah. So I, I have to think about SOCOM a little more. Uh, the last of us, I kind of glossed over it, but yeah, we just, that does make sense. The way they, they did the world building for the last of us part two, right. Where you see the, the, the train section, the, the stadium, yeah. the forest, everything is there. Like I can see that going into Sort of a battle royale, but a little more, a little smaller levels, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of levels, but a little bit smaller, like, sessions. Yeah. That totally works out. You have all the different factions. It, every season, you, maybe you include a different faction. Uh-huh. Yeah, that works out. Um, all right. Hear, hear me out on this one, Johnny. Okay. It's going to sound it's gonna sound weird, but then when you think about it, it's going to make sense. Ghost of Tsushima as a live service game. Now, I know it sounds weird because Ghost of Tsushima is a traditional, like, very single-player focus, but you forget that there is a multiplayer mode to Ghost I of Tsushima. I did not forget. I love that. Okay. Multiplayer. So. What if we expanded that to, like, because Destiny is a live service game and it has classes. You have, like, your heavy, you have your magic one, you have, like, your agile one. Ghost of Tsushima already has that template where you have, like, the shinobi and you have the samurai and you have the archer and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What if we made, like, an open world Ghost of Tsushima? Oh, oh. She was already open world, so that's already done for us. Mm-hmm. But it just made it where you could roam and do raids with like other players, like 
I mean, they can lean into the supernatural aspect, or they can keep it his- doing keeping it like playing it straight, like the historical, like the main campaign would be hard because then you're moving away from historical territory to make a game that's just kind of it would be restrained by the authenticity. I think in a way. Yeah, I'd say go supernatural, and then your human elements are just the other people that you're playing online against. Yeah, yeah, and maybe you have like player versus player. Like we could do like a a showdown kind of thing yeah. against somebody, like in a player like a one v one kind of situation. Uh-huh. And maybe it's just like quiver gets to like, like you know like they do like the draw like quiver gets to it first kind of thing like a quick draw kind of thing, yeah. and then you could have like situations where like oh like you know maybe it's not just Mongols like maybe like other forces or factions or like supernatural like sh- like onis and stuff or you know there's like a limited time oni event and so you have to like get your party together make sure you have one of each type of character to cover your bases and then do raids loot enemies find better gear and weapons and kind of just i think that formula that's it's there for like it's already pretty much done it's just you just need to expand it a little bit more and you have your life service ghost of tsushima game probably call it something else other than ghost of tsushima though it doesn't seem all that difficult to adapt right compared to a lot of i just don't want it to be all red i i I like that color choice where everything's just red all the time because that's how that's how the multiplayer is for some reason like a lot of red just change that just change that but the rest, I feel like you have your classes, right? You have your heavies, you're like... It can kind of be where they have Ghost of Tsushima, like the regular open world. Mm-hmm. But then they have like pocket dimensions that you decide to go into. Yeah, those will be your like your dungeon raids. Because yeah. like, uh-huh. like traditional live service games like MMOs and stuff like that have like... Like, okay, your whole party is going to be moved to this separate section away from the open world aspect to do like this one like instance or event or whatever. And then like, you know, mm-hmm. when, when it's resolved or whatever, then you come back to the open world again kind of stuff. So they could do that. Like, if you want to look at an example, like Marvel Avengers, like the Avengers, like is a life service game basically, and you have characters who you level up individually, who get like skill trees and stuff. Like, it's it's already there. They just kind of need to, you know, just tweak it a bit for like to accommodate like more than just four people in the world. Yeah. So that's my pitch for those two. That's a great suggestion. What uh, do you think? Anything else? We got Metal Gear. No Metal Gear. The problem <laughs> yeah, that's so Konami though. So it's the metal. Yeah, that's that, what I meant to say. That's that's basically just uh what's that all stars whatever rocket whatever thing that they already have kind of how so what would it be like it would be like Forza Horizon Five where like you have everybody driving around around the map at the same time doing individual things and they can team up when they want or something or would it be like a battle royale where all the cars are dropped into the map and like the circle gets smaller that's kind of? a lot like here that's what you think yeah I would they, play that they need to change the storm like what is the storm like in in Call of Duty it's gas. It's, it's poisonous a gas. It's, gas. it's a. It's like it. some kind. Of, it's like Nova gas from Black Ops. I think. Yeah, they need more. It, like when you're in it, you just you start coughing and your health drops, and you're just coughing and coughing. They need a more iterations. Like for The Last of Us, it could be like, of course, like the if you go beyond the darkness, like you can see the darkness and co- coming through. And if you go beyond that, you it's just get fungus. overwhelmed. Oh, I thought like the fungus, like the cordyceps or something. Like it's an airborne, well, you know how it's, it, yeah, yeah the, right. the it's spores, the it spores. Could, it could be spores, but uh, it could also be like if you fall too far back, like the odds of you making it out, you can make it out of that storm, the uh, clicker storm. Clicker storm. Oh, you know what? Fallout. It doesn't have it anymore, but Fallout seventy six did a mode like that, uh-huh. where when you were on the edges, it was it was like a forest fire. It was okay. a forest fire that caught up to you. That's dope, too. That's really cool. And, like, you couldn't be in the circle of, like, the fire because, you know, it would, it would burn you. So, I think you could do that if you're doing it, like, in nature-based arenas. Yeah. Where it's, like, an actual, like, well, not weather, but it's an actual, like, natural geological, like, threat. 
Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the storm doesn't necessarily have to be that. Like, you have to bring all the... I mean, it's there as a mechanic because they don't want you to camp the entire game. And always, you know, it would just go on forever. Yeah, well, I mean, they have to bring all the players together, right? Yeah. But why can't they have the storm but also have, like, hot zones within the safe zones, you know? Like oh, you, you yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Like, you have the, the storm. Fortnite used to do that, right? I don't know if it still does it. Well, they have, like, this mechanic where you could throw, like, Molotov. Didn't they have it where, like, storm. like sometimes, like, the, they overlap and there's, like, little safe spots within the storm and stuff like that, remember? Or no? Well, they have, like, a... They have Molotov or a grenade, you throw it and it creates its own storm. And right. if you throw it in the storm, it creates a safe zone. And oh, like, reverses. That's yeah. dope. So you yeah. can like just throw it down where you are and be safe. Yeah. Or you have to run to like go through the storm to get to the safe well, spot. Well, like if you were in a shootout and you're in the storm and you need some time to, to patch up, but you don't want to be uh, exposed. Spotted, yeah. You, you create a zone out in the storm. Which is protected, you patch up, and you just jump back into safety. Okay, so let's get back on topic. How yeah. would this work for metals? Uh, I want to say metals, like for uh, twisted metal. Do well, we do the fort? Do we do the Fortnite approach of dropping people in, in the, into a smaller, closer, like closing arena, basically? Okay, well, it's gonna be in the city, of course. Right, it's gonna be in the city in the desert. You do what Fallout does, where it's like radiation closing in, also. That's the other one. It's fire, and the other one is like radiation. Well, well that's interesting. Uh, I was gonna say like, uh, it's, the podcast is too long. I don't give a fuck. No, we're still good. We're still doing good. Uh, it'd be cool to discuss like, yeah, like we got into the Last of Us. Like, what is the actual storm? Like, what is making everybody spores? I'm thinking spores. Yeah. So the Last of Us, uh, SOCOM. I don't know what that is. Maybe there's radiation. For well, that. okay. Not all these games, of course, are going to be the Fortnite model. Like some of them, I just told you are going to be like Destiny, where it's a live service game and there's no like threat of running out of time. You're just like in the open world and doing dungeon raids and just living the world. Because huh. live service games, it, it's like a broad. It's not just like PUBG and Fortnite. It's also Destiny. It's also like MMOs, kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. It's a broad, basically a live service game. The definition of live service game is a game that continues to receive additional updates and content through the life of the game and beyond beyond release, basically. So that's why Warzone, Call of Duties are in a way considered live service games because they keep receiving updates and seasons and stuff like that. Yeah, you're right. So it doesn't have to be in the sole context of Fortnite where you're closing in and like, you know. Yeah, it could just be a timer. It can just be a, it could be a cooperative multiplayer game, basically. Yeah, it could just be everybody's in the city and then there's a timer running. And whoever gets the most kills wins. Yeah, that's one concept. Yeah. Um, for Twisted Metal. That's exactly what one of the Warzone modes is. There's no closing thing. It's just like whoever gets the most money, you have to find the money throughout the, the map. And whoever has the most money by the time of the map, either whoever gets to a million dollars first or by the time it runs out wins. So, so the other yeah. one I have is Uncharted. Okay. Now, I know you're saying that because you love Uncharted multiplayer. How would that work as a live service game? Would it just stay like traditional Uncharted with seasons? Like the traditional multiplayer with seasons? Or how would you want to do that? Because a live service game tends to have like a lot of players. Well, the last iteration of Uncharted had the multiplayer like... Uh, like an arena fire, fire. Capture the flag. Yeah. Or take the relic and bring it to your base. Mm-hmm. Or that type of thing. Um, but they did have this other thing where you fight pirates. You know, like you fight like little bosses. So like player versus enemy kind of stuff pve as we call it yeah. like the npcs in fortnite kind of yeah but among that you still have to fight uh well, yeah you have you have like your little boss and then you have like all his minions mm-hmm. and they like there's phases to it okay and then you run through the phases but they also get stronger like they become uh bullet sponges 
Okay. And you also get upgrades, right? You can yeah. upgrade your you get money, you go to the chest, you upgrade your guns, you buy guns. Okay, so it's like the zombies mode in Call of Duty where you do that. Yes. In between rounds, you upgrade and stuff like that. Yeah, but your question about that was what? how do you make it all online? How do you make that a live service game for Uncharted? Well, you just create... Are we on an open world map? Or is it more like an enclosed situation? Like, Are we constantly exploring and running around? Or is there like... Is there like lobbies in between matches? Like, how would that play out? As there's, a- it's an Uncharted game, so yeah, there's gonna be a lot of exploration. Like, make sure you check out every piece of the map, and then you find this relic. Take the relic, and maybe there's some booby traps you gotta get out. Yeah, because because when I think of Uncharted, I think of like the climbing, the parkour mm-hmm. stuff, and I'm like, how would that translate to a multiplayer? Like, you know what I mean? Because what makes Uncharted besides Nathan Drake and like the relics and all this stuff is like the the DNA of the combat, right? The jumping and solving puzzles and doing like, yeah, like if you could find a way to do that with a multiplayer live service component, like that would be amazing because I personally can't really see all the uncharted stuff as a live service game. Why not though? Like what makes a difference? I feel like that would just basically just be like a third person shooter. I feel like it would lose a lot of what makes uncharted uncharted, which is puzzles. Um, the jumping around and stuff and parkour and swinging on ropes and like unless you can integrate that into the environment as like yeah i don't see why that can't be included i guess if it, like, it would have to just... be objective based then like here's the flag on top of this like monument like you know climb like just all these people climbing like right next to each other competing for it maybe that way okay well in a lot of these these type of storylines you have like nathan drake or you have uh, I forgot the Sully. Chloe or Sully or uh, what's his wife's name? And I forgot her name already. Chloe's not his wife. Oh, um, Elena. 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 Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Elena. So you have you have them, and then you have the other factions that are both trying to go for the relic. So like it's Drake not Hall. just shooting. You have to go get the relic. Right. That is a his story. brother, maybe. Yeah, that is a storyline. Like uh, you have Drake, and then you have his brother. But would that be like every season's like a new relic or a new like part of the world or something like that? Like a new yeah, relic. drop drop in a new map, and then it's a new type of relic. Like hey, okay. we, we got to deal with pirates this time. This time we got to deal with uh, oh, where the enemies and the theme change. That would be cool. Yeah, like a new that, location every like two or three months. That seems really daunting to have like yeah. different storylines. That sounds and very intense. Yeah, but that. That would unless be ideal. unless they were able to front load like the first few maps like before the game came out to buy themselves time and just release those like little by little like mm-hmm. trickle them out mm-hmm. and then that would buy them time to work on the other stuff if they already have a few of the worlds already out of the way you know what I mean and just slowly release them oh yeah yeah and that yeah, would buy them time to like when the game comes out like they're already working on the fourth iteration of the season or something you know what I mean like stuff like that that might help yeah but I mean what game do we really have where they explore this is dope dude like you get to explore El Dorado. You get to explore pirates, mm-hmm. and then maybe you get to like what are ancient mysteries? Like maybe you go to Egypt. You gotta find like the staff of I don't know fucking of the Ark of the Covenant. Imagine okay. a level where you're like in search of the Ark of the Covenant. That'd be cool. I think that would work really well, just because then you would have people who would not want to miss, want to get that FOMO. Yeah, and I think that would help with player retention. In That'd the long be run. dope. It's like, hey, you gotta play this season because this. It's not coming back or something. Yeah, yeah. The storyline yeah. isn't coming back yet. That's cool. I like that idea. Okay, you convinced me. That could work. Okay. Then we got uh, Guerrilla Games. Uh, what's our first person shooter? Um, uh, Killzone. Killzone. Yeah, we got Killzone. 
Uh, that sounds like a Call of Duty. Yeah. That's it. Straightforward. Uh, Haven Studios, what do you... We don't know what the IP is yet, so... My last one, and I really want to move on to the next thing, is... Uh, I, 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 I hesitate to say this because I don't want the IP to be, like, milked, but I think Horizon, with its mechs and everything, is ripe for that. That world is so beautiful and vibrant. And then with the locations, like... You could do an open world Horizon game where people team up to take down mechs, or you can do it solo if you're like not a multiplayer player. Mm-hmm. And you could do like the whole loot stuff and like. Well, it's just Horizon, but it's um. It's just yeah, expanding to multiplayer. Yeah, but it's uh, oh, god damn. Maybe it's, one uh, season you do like the frozen wild stuff, right? You oh like hey like this season we're heading like north and like everything's gonna be covered in snow and like new mechs appear for this season only and like you know. I forget the name. It's Capcom's game. Oh, Monster Hunter? It's Monster Hunter. Yeah. Just that same formula, just with a badass Horizon overlay. A nicer look, a nicer feel yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. Dude, for anybody who hasn't fucking played Horizon, like when you're fighting mechs and you could take the pieces it off. It feels of them, like Monster Hunter. And then you could take those same pieces and kill them with like their guns. The off freaking the, the freaking heavy Galleon gun that you take off the T Rex. They have like the disc and then you can take I don't you can't take the laser off. But you no, can take you can take the pieces, like yeah, yeah the galling gun the disc yeah. uh, thrower whatever it is uh-huh. uh you could take uh maybe they have it in the nice game but maybe you could take off a flamethrower there's so many fucking things that this game interactive at you yeah that you can like you get to like the end of the game and you're like oh my god I just discovered this thing it constantly has that feel throughout the game yeah I mean it has the skill trees that you have like all the stuff there for that it's like it's like ripe for adaptation I think for like a live service game the only thing is we with the VR game coming out and Forbidden West I feel like it might be a little oversaturated horizon oversaturation that's what I was thinking and that's but... the only reason why I'm hesitant to like I would only hesitant to want that but like if they could do that I would screw what I said I would want I would play that game I would yeah. play a live stream. But I'm not going to get into VR. Like, I feel like I'm missing right. out not playing into VR. So at least I get the main campaign and then I get the multiplayer. That's fine. I guess, yeah, not everything is going to be for every single person, even if it laid love the IP or something. Yeah. So, all right. That's... One more thing, though. We need a kid's game. Something along the lines of, like, Little Big Planet. Or, like, uh, Dokev or something like that. Dokev. Cool. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I'm trying that's to a, think. That's a new IP right there. I'm trying to think what would. <laughs> Jack and Daxter, maybe? I don't know. Ratchet and Clank, maybe? No, that's not like long-term gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But if it was like that setting adapted maybe for like the mechanics of a life service game, maybe we have multiple Earth planets and stuff and systems and like you're traveling around, kind of like Destiny where you travel around different planets. That's the closest thing I can think of to like a bit. No. Well, some games do okay and they're not like Ratchet and Clank or... or... Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter, like a Plants vs. Zombies. Like, that's a online multiplayer game, right? Yeah, it is. You're right. But that's like small rounds like Call of Duty as a third person. Yeah. Um, I don't know if a little kid's game would work for that. I like, uh, like Little Big Planet would not work, I think. That's too kind of... Uh, that's too... Almost too kiddish. We're like... Like, no one's going to log in and play Little Big Planet. It's like, oh, I can't wait to get the new loot loot for Sackboy. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's what I mean for a little kid's game. And it's also dope because you create your own levels. I think they would have to... Cr- no, I think if they wanted to do a little kid's game, it would have to be a fresh original IP that's going to yeah. designed around that. Oh, maybe like... Uh, what is it called? Um, the game where you're like... Uh, it just came out. It's a multiplayer game. I don't know what you're It's point the at. guy with his wife. The guy with his... Oh, it takes two? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah it's like... It's With a, a very toy-centered thing. Kind of mature storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I can see that. 
All right. It was a long segment. That was, but, but that's yeah. fine. It was. A fun I, I was enjoying the conversation. I think I thought we had some really dope ideas. Uh, let's move on to our final story, Johnny. This comes from IGN, of course, the big boy, written by Ryan Dinsdale. I like that name. Sixty thousand Battlefield twenty forty two players have petitioned for their money back. As a problem. Uh, here we go. More than 60,000 Battlefield 2042 players have signed a petition asking for their money back as the game continues to receive criticism for its slow update rollout and perceived lack of features. Eurogamer spotted the petition, which requested that refunds available on Steam be extended to PlayStation and Xbox customers, and said EA made, quote, a mockery, end quote, of customers who purchased the game. The publisher admitted itself admitted itself that I mean it's not like they went to like an asylum admitted hmm. itself that Battlefield 2042 did not meet expectations and developer Dice has recently delayed a number of updates to the game including its first season pass in the addition of a scoreboard which is like the most basic feature a scoreboard I just heard about that that you don't have your kill uh, number how what like every online multiplayer sh- that should be like the first well not the first but that should be like before you release the game the petition reads, quote, EA's release of Battlefield 2042 was a mockery of every customer who purchased the video game for 70 US dollars. I forgot it was that much. Without a campaign, Johnny, Jesus Christ. Due to EA's false advertising, Battlefield 2042 has cost consumers millions of dollars in damages. <laughs> okay, calm down. And upset thousands of customers worldwide. Complaints arose almost immediately when Battlefield 2042 launched on November 19th with server and UI problems. And fans quickly noticed a number of features they'd seen from the game. DICE announced on February 1st that Battlefield 2042 Season 1 would be delayed so the studio could focus on more immediate issues in the game, starting with an end-of-round scoreboard being added. But the developer said two days later that this update would also be delayed until March, as it had to release a hotfix to tackle game instability issues caused by the previous patch. End of the article. That's a short article. Johnny, I don't know, like, yeah... If you can't even see the scoreboard, which for a lot of people is like the driving point of like when you finish a match, you see like, okay, like, okay, this is how many people I took out, this is how many times I died. Like, a game, it's like if you watched an NFL game and like, did they win? I don't know. No, I mean, there's no scoreboard. <laughs> like, what? You can't do that. You can't, that's absurd. You can't have an online game, uh, especially a multiplayer online shooter, and not include a scoreboard. Like, that's like, it's like Gran Turismo without a, Imagine like no did places. I overlap him? Did he overlap me? Like, Everyone gets a trophy. That's how, that's what happens. Yeah, Everybody wins. No, no. I'm sure Battlefield shows who won and who lost, but you don't know like the margins, and that's kind of like, like how how are we supposed to know if we're fault failing behind? Like who comes? I imagine the game probably says, "Oh, your side is losing," but like, how do you measure that if you can't see it in live? You know like playing out live in front of you it's like if you watch an nba game and then you don't know who wins until like the very last minute it's like oh this whole time this team was like way ahead and you just probably thought they weren't like i don't know how could you not have that whole game is a mess 70 dollars no campaign the online is broken no scoreboard it has like glitches out of the wazoo and it's like how like how could ea or how could dice mess up this badly i don't know man like that's what we were talking about last uh, a few months back they're like with the disappointment of Vanguard, disappointment of Battlefield, like Halo was like ripe for like success. So how does a petition actually work? 
Like, is it a hundred thousand and then it triggers something in the state of Cali or what? No, the idea of getting the petition. No, it's not like the White House one <laughs> where you have to get like signatures. No, the idea is that if you get enough signatures, obviously the bigger number draws more attention, mm-hmm. and that hopefully that's kind of like if one person shouting at EA do this, it's not the same as sixty thousand people all collectively saying do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Does EA have to respond? Of course not. They don't have to respond, but. The idea of the petition is to garner interest and attention and be like, hey, like, we're here. Like, this is the issue. Pay attention. Yeah, maybe it affects with their uh, shareholders. Oh, uh, absolutely. We know that, like, just that's why, like, disclosing information or, like, talking about, like, certain things. Like, like remember when uh, Activision, I'm sorry, when uh, Microsoft was going, announced the, acti- uh, the acquisition of Activision. Try saying that five times fast. And they said, like, they would not talk about the issue with uh, Bobby Kotick. Because that stuff actually could affect share price, and therefore you're like tampering with the market in a way. Mm-hmm. So like, there's things like you cannot legally talk about because it can affect and say like, oh, like this affected the price or whatever later on. So I imagine, um, yeah, like the outcry, like public outcry, is gonna look bad on them. So I don't know, man. They need to fix that game. If I if I was dice, I'd already be like, you know what? We just let's just let's just work on the next game already. <laughs> Hope we can like win back. Uh, Went back some. Uh, no, they gotta fix it because it could turn into like a no man's land situation. No man's sky. No man's sky. Where it was which, like, by the way, complete one eighty has is probably like one of the most like successful games now. Not sales wise, but like they delivered. But they're independent, aren't they? Yeah, so that's, they have the ability um, to not deal with like I don't know what's it called like like their little bureaucracy inside. Yeah, they're probably not beholden to shareholders yeah, in the same yeah. way. I think you're right. So, anyways, that's a whole situation. And with that, Johnny, we managed to get through. All our stories, and we're actually not that far in time-wise, so we're we're pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Let's, of course, as always, go to what we have been playing, Johnny. Nothing new. Damn it! You need to work on that, man. And the nerve of you, and I say the nerve of you because you used to tell me when I used to play Final Fantasy fourteen online. You're like, oh, you need to play more games because you're always talking about Final Fantasy. And I, the nerve of you, Johnny. Did I say that? Yes, you did. You said, oh. I'm worried that because you're playing Final Fantasy XIV online that you're not going to play other games. You told me that. I don't remember that. You said that. I want to find the episode and I'm going to be like, bam, right there. It's in one of the pods. Hmm. Okay, I know you were playing Fortnite last week because I came in, I came over to visit and you were... Oh, that's like, yeah, pop it in, whatever. How, how's, this, how's the season treating you? It's slow. Okay, okay. Is it ripe for... Is it time for a new one or you just you just got bored earlier? Okay, okay. Um, the story? Ouch. Nothing's really happening with the story. The Rock, Johnny, The Rock. The foundation. Uh, okay. Does anybody care about The Rock? In the Not family? really. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, they, think, they, I don't they, even think The Rock cares about The Rock. Like, I don't think, I don't think I've seen any tweets or anything about talking about Fortnite other than, like, hey, like, I'm in Fortnite and that's it. Yeah, nobody really, like, cares about it. Like, there was a reveal. It's like, oh, cool, he's in it. And then that's it. Okay. Um... There, there's a new section of the map. It's like a covert canyon. Uh, there's a bunch of like... Oh, so what happened in the last season? The whole fucking island flipped on its side. It, it, fucking whatever. How does that work mechanically? It's Fortnite. Like, you, they do whatever the fuck they want. Wait, so is everybody just standing vertically on the flipped island? Or... You said upside down or sideways? You said side, right? So it's like, is it just like a vertical terrain now? Or what do you mean? Yeah, oh, actually, I heard one of the. There was a reporter who said of this. They were worried about islands flipping. A fucking news broadcaster. A real island? Yes. Why would they flip? 
Exactly. How would you flip an island? Everybody knows they don't flip. But this nude newscaster said... This nude caster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so the island flipped and there was a covert... Um, so the thing is, they're trying to dig out... They're trying to dig from the bottom of the island to our side of the island. Like, is this like a cartoon, like China... We're digging a China kind of situation, like through the core or something? If you if you look at one of the last updates, later you'll be like you'll see like the rocks thing, and they're like going through the middle of the fucking island, and there's all this infrastructure down there. So right do you there. still drop from the bus then, or no? Yeah, all that stuff happens. But onto the edge of the island, not the top of the island, right? Well, same thing, same bus, and you just drop into the map, and that's it. That's not like the interesting part though. Like oh, okay, uh, the storyline is one thing, whatever. Like there's new locations that's updated, but. The gameplay is a lot better to do that with that MK with the uh, red dot. Mm-hmm. They you said you were kind of the first person gun. Yeah, dude, they added uh, a little SMG. It's like an SMG with a long clip. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? That's an SMG. Yeah, but I was hope it looks like an Uzi. Is what I was trying to say. Well, it could be a Mac Ten, could be an Uzi. There's a lot of SMGs that have like. No, I think it looks like an Uzi. Okay. Um, so they added that thing. Or Tech 9 even. They added this flare. You can shoot it at, at builds. Because you don't like to build, right? I don't. So you can, you can just camp in a bush. Take the flare. And... You know what's funny about that is last week... Yeah. Uh, was it last week? Yeah, it was on Friday. I was with a class that I was subbing for. And I forgot why the topic came up. The kids were... T- I heard the word Tilted Towers. I heard the word Tilted Towers. And I was like, oh, they're talking about Fortnite. They're like... T- like, Mr. O, do you play Fortnite? Like, oh, I haven't played Fortnite in a while. But, like, I know Tilted Towers because that was, like, my go-to spot when I used to play Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, like, um, shoot. I already lost the point I was going to make. What were you just talking about, Johnny? Flares. Oh, that's right. And they were talking about, and I said, like, I don't like Fortnite. I said, because I hate building. And the kid's like, oh, yeah. Like, I hate, like, when you if you shoot at somebody, like, they immediately build a fortress. I'm like, thank you. So it's not just a me problem. It's even the kid, even the youth hate building like that's like the like if you can't build like I that puts you at a huge disadvantage in fortnite mm-hmm. so like the kids were saying like oh yeah like we don't like the building either like oh i i like oh i suck at building like i just prefer shooting i'm like thank you thank you that's exactly what i want to hear from a second grader is that they love the shooting yeah like the appeal of fortnite is what most of the games are gonna have when they're online that way and that really comes down to you having you have to be into the meta no 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 oh you have to have a co a partner. You gotta have like friends that are with you, and then yeah, that you're on with them often. Like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey, check out this thing I learned. It's like a quick. You can't just do well with randos. No, no, randos do random shit. Like they'll drop out the bus, and everybody picks a spot. That's why I always and play fucking guy. Just... That's why I play solo, Johnny. Everybody's out for themselves. Yeah, but when you go down, like who's gonna recover you? Nobody. But the same applies to the enemy too. If they go down, nobody's gonna recover them either. So you see, it's a double-edged sword. It goes both ways. Well, it comes down to, like, who you're online with. Okay. And what's really dope is when you're in a battle and everything is so coordinated, like, all these voices are in your head and they're telling you, like, he's down there with me. Like, he's in that box and he marked the box for you. That All that, all these little micro-coordinations are where, where it gets really intense and where it's really fun. Gotcha. It's not necessarily, like... The gameplay has to be there, of course, mm-hmm. but it's kind of just dull if nobody's there in your ear, like communicating with you. Right. Um. That's that's just gonna apply for every fucking game. But as far as updates, they added like a flare gun, which has been there before. 
they just unvaulted it. That shit is really fun because you don't like builds, so you could just go into the bush and you could take the webs. The webs are amazing. You could like web across the bushes. You find the build, you plop down into a bush, flare them, and then just take off. You know, I like and that. you're like you're reducing numbers without having to get into like a massive build fight. I like, I like, I like what you're telling me here. This sounds like good stuff for me. So I, I might have to. Well, you'll like the MK. Okay, I might have to. Ju- I might have to go back into Fortnite. Something I wish I wouldn't ever say, but. I might have to go back into Fortnite. So well, why don't you do um, the Royal Rumbles thing? I don't know what that is. Explain it. It's when uh, half the map is split in half. Oh, like the 50 on 50? Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's actually really fun. Do they still have that? They have that all the time. I love that. That's cool because you can actually see on the map where the division is of players, like on blue and red. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, they're over there. Yeah, I usually hang back and snipe if possible and I just let everybody else be like cannon father. Well, that's the best way to learn everything because you can yeah. collect a bunch of material. And, and then, then like you, you have the freedom and... to like explore half of the map knowing the enemy's not there. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I might have to go back into that. So Alright, so you just played Fortnite as per usual. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh okay, so right now I'm in a weird spot because I'm in between games and I don't really want to get into anything because Horizon and Elder Ring are just around the corner. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like not ready to sink myself in or get lost into anything big. So I just wrapped up uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus after about a week and a half. Arceus? Legends Arceus. Okay. Some people say Arceus, but that's not that's not how it's spelled. I heard it's like um, I heard it's not different, but it's they have a new mechanic and how you capture Pokemon. Oh, it's different. It's different. It's it's basically Monster Hunter meets Pokemon, where you go out into the wild. You're in a different section. Like the map is partitioned into sections where you go into. You have a central hub. And, like, different Pokemon react, behave differently, and you're supposed to, like, kind of stalk them. And you can battle them to wear them down and catch them. Or you can, like, sneak up behind them and, like, throw a Pokeball, like, as close as you can. And that'll increase your odds of, like, catching that Pokemon. Hmm. Um, It's probably the biggest uh, story-heavy Pokemon we've had, like, mainline game we've had in a while. Like, this game is all, like, the first 20 minutes of the game is just a long, like, fleshed-out story of... Where you where you are, where you're from, what's going on in the world, it's cool because a lot as if you're into like the lore of Pokemon, like you're learning about a lot of like the religion of Pokemon, which is funny. Like those are two words that you don't really think of together. But in Legends Arceus, there's very much a religion of who these people worship, who they think they're worshiping is a better like point. And like the way they, the way each of the factions in the game kind of view what's basically the Pokemon equivalent of God. Which is a Pokemon, also by the way, and like that's what Arceus is. That's like the title of the game. Arceus is like the considered the god tier Pokemon, and so the way they, it's like a medieval, it's like a feudal Japan setting. Like like if you had to think about it, like late eighteen hundreds is a setting because everyone's wearing kimonos. You have your wooden shoes, and like Pokeballs are made with like steam, like steam Pokeball technology, like steampunk. Oh, that's cool. Like this, it's not a, a regular Pokeball. Like it's. You throw it and like it does like the thing it jumps it releases steam and then it shoots up, it shoots up like a little firework like when you catch something. Yeah, that's really cool. So the whole aesthetic is steampunk feudal Japan, and you're kind of like you're the first you're one of the first people to ever use pokeballs is what's basically going on. So there's not that many people to like fight. There's no because Pokemon trainers are not a thing yet, right? Mm-hmm. You're mostly dealing with Pokemon in the wild as you run into them, and people are afraid of pokemon because they don't understand them so your job is to create this pokedex to kind of bridge the gap between pokemon and people to make a go kind of like a symbiotic relationship between them 
But as you're going through the game, like, like I mentioned, like there is uh, factions of these different like rival factions that have their interpretation of who Arceus, like their god, is. Some of them call him this. Some think he's a god of time. Some call him a god of space. So in your opinion and your research, is Arceus a male or a female? That's the thing, Johnny. It, neither. Neither and both. Because Arceus, like its name is very neutral, gender neutral. Mm-hmm. And also because you never actually, oh, I don't want to get to spoilers, but when you interact with Arceus, it's almost formless. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. There is two Pokemon, technically, that each of the factions worship. One is Palkia, the, the Pokemon of space. And the other one is D- uh, Dialga, the Pokemon of time. Because the each faction views their god as like, no, it's a god of space. No, it's a god of time. And it's like, neither one can exist without the other, technically. Like, the passage of time can't be measured without, you know, space. And space cannot exist without, like, the passage of time and stuff like that. So, it's very interesting. It gets into kind of the Pokemon philosophy, which is really weird. But it's a nice change of pace from, like, get the eight badges and beat the champion and then you're done. Like, it's that's the traditional Pokemon game, the way it's been done the last almost 20 years. So this is definitely a change up of how we'd usually tackle Pokemon. Um, so yeah, I, I finished the game. Uh, I, it made me miss the traditional course of a Pokemon, like Pokemon trainer fights. Cause you're not really doing that. You're just catching Pokemon like endlessly. And you're encouraged to like, okay, catch five of this Pokemon, catch 10 of this species, catch 20. And it's just kind of a little repetitive. It's very repetitive heavy. Yeah. And then like, because you're able to switch out your Pokemon constantly for like better Pokemon, like you don't really get that sense of like this is my team that I've built from the beginning. Your Pokemon in this game are very, very disposable. Like you don't have that sense of like ownership really because you kind of like, oh, that Pokemon I just caught is like 20 levels stronger than the one I have on uh, my team is. Yeah. So you're just constantly upgrading to the next, the highest level Pokemon you have. And you're not really invested in, like, this is my team. Like, we're here at the end. We started from the bottom. Now we're here kind of thing. It's not that. It feels very impersonal. And that's one of the things I don't really like about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, I completed the game. I'm done with it. And then this past week, since Saturday, I finished Pokemon on Wednesday? No. Today's Thursday, right? I finished it Monday. And then that same day, I started playing Hitman. Not Hitman 3, not Hitman 3, but the original Hitman, because it's Hitman 1, 2, and 3 are on Game Pass. So I'm like, you know what? I want to get into Hitman. And also, you can play Hitman 2, Johnny. Hitman 2 is on PS4, one of the PlayStation Plus free games, if you're interested. That might be that might be a good idea, because we can both play like the same thing until you know Horizon comes out There's, next. There's uh, one of the missions for that when you go to that, to that house. That's so vague. There's like, I've halfway you through the game, and there's more than one house. by the beach, and you go to a modern house. And there's like a villa in Italy that's by the water. I don't know if that's the same thing. That a villa is like a house, so yeah, maybe. No, it's like one of the missions. I think you get off a, a dinghy, and then you're on the beach on the shore, and then you go to a house. No, not yet. If there is it, I haven't seen it yet. That starts off. There's no none of the missions I played start off on the beach yet. Huh. One start. Uh, one starts off like on a street, like on a bench. Another one starts off at the start of a fashion show. Another oh, one is starts. There, is there one where you're? Yeah, you're on a boat. Not yet. I heard about it, but I don't know if it's in Hitman One or Two. Well, it's got to be Two because I'm pretty sure I got it off of PlayStation Plus. Yeah, Two is Two is on was on PlayStation Plus okay, at one point. I tried it. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. Really? Okay. Well, I want to get into that because 
Hitman 1, like, I did the tutorial and it explained to me, like, how to do missions, like, how, like, you know, disguises to not give yourself away, yeah. how to, like, take out a, don't kill more people than you need to kill. Uh, if you leave bodies lying around, people will be alerted because they'll discover them. So you're like, a lot of it's like hiding bodies and stuff. And then what I like is how free you are to approach the missions. There is so, like, when you complete a mission, it'll like show you every single thing you did, as well as the grayed out things you could have done. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you saw that in Hitman 2, but in Hitman 1, like, it's a grid of squares, and everything you did is a square that gets lit up. And then whatever you don't stays blacked out. So like I'll do a mission for the first time and I'll do like maybe like 20% of the things I could have done in that mission. So you'll see like, like, oh, like here's alternate ways you could have killed that target. And I'm like, oh, like, oh, that's a really creative way. Or like, oh, how would I have done that? Like it like encourages you to like go back and replay and try to get like all the extra stuff. Cause for everything you do accomplish, you get like, oh, here's a new weapon or here's like a new disguise or now when you come back to this mission, you can start off with like this weapon like already hidden in place kind of stuff. So I love how it, there's the freedom to like you don't have to do things exactly the way like, you know, kill this target in this manner. It's like you are like, here's your tools. Here are your targets. Have fun. Figure it out kind of stuff. And I love that because it makes it so much more engaging. Now, I don't know how Hitman 2 plays because you played Hitman 2. I haven't yet. I haven't. I'm going to play that one on PS5 because I do have it on the PS. I feel better with the PlayStation controller in my hand compared to Xbox. So I'm going to play that on PS4. But what was your experience with Hitman 2? Because you you say you just didn't click with it. Well, I played one, which I don't really remember much of. Two. So we're talking about the new Hitman. We're not talking about like the PS2 era Hitman games, right? No, no, no. Okay, okay. So the the reboot of Hitman. So, So I agree with everything that you said. I like the whole gameplay loop where you're finding disguises and different approaches like, hey, I'm going to take the elevator. I'm just going to take this alley. Like, there's different ways to get to to your objective. Like, uh, for example, when I, I did the the mission with the, when you're in the shore and you get to the house. Yeah. Uh, there's people that drive up and you have, there's little things you can do. Like, um, you get there before they get there, right? Yeah. So you have the option to explore and explore like the kitchen, for example. Or like set up the stage, right? Like, there's yeah. like. Like, hey, you can tamper with this thing if you have the wrench with you. Yeah, like in the house, you can tamper with the drinks. You can poison them. Yes, yeah, that's a big thing. So when they get there, they're screwed. You know, it's one of the things that they might possibly do. Because they're already scripted to go that way. You already know. Yeah, Yeah. so you can do that or maybe uh, you can pick them off one by one and put them in the closet. I did. I so I one of the approaches was after I failed. The game is very forgiving. I think when you fail, you're able to like load checkpoints rather than starting over the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I figured out like this one. My target loves this specific drink, and whenever he drinks it, if I poison it, he'll go straight to the bathroom to throw up. Mm-hmm. So what I did was like on the final attempt was I poisoned the drink, and I already went to the bathroom ahead of time and hid like in the closet that's in the bathroom. So when he comes over and he's like throwing up, I come out from behind and I drowned him in the toilet. So that was like one kill. That was a specific way to do it. All right, that that's cool. Um, but what I don't like about it is say you didn't take advantage of the situation prior to them getting there. You mm-hmm. know, laying the what? What did you say? I said like the trap or like the field, like laying the, yeah, the yeah. field work. The the field work before they get there. If things don't go that way, you have the opportunity. It says you can still kill them all, right? Yeah, you have that option. But a lot of times. Basically, just go guns blazing at that point. Yeah, like, okay, that's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes I'm like, let's but fucking go guns blazing. It's, I don't know about Hitman 2, but Hitman 1, it's so hard to do that. To because you're that... not, you're not, you're not as well equipped as, say, like, the soldiers or bodyguards are. You just have a silenced pistol, and, like, there's no health packs. 
and I don't think you regenerate health. So, like, if you go guns blazing, you're going to have a very, very bad time. Is that different in Hitman 2? Like, are you able to just, like, Terminator Commando your way through? Because I wasn't. It's It doesn't lend itself to that. Like, exactly. the gameplay, yeah. I think, is awful for that. Because it encourages you to play it the way it wants you to play, which is, like, stealthy and, like, you know, tactically. It doesn't want you to go in guns blazing because then, like, that's just not as... It's not as rewarding. It's just not as fun. It's not designed that way for you to play it, like, Metal Gear. Okay, so if we were, like, in a in a building, right, and they know where my location is, like, they know where I'm, I'm fucking positioned, so it's, like, they're going to shoot at that fucking place. I'm screwed, right? I understand that. But there's other little situations, like, when I'm in the house, I decide guns blazing, but they don't quite know where I'm at. Like, they know... They have an of, idea, a general idea of, like, this was the last place you were, like, spotted. Yeah, but but then that's where I'm, where I'm annoyed, because, like, if I know they're coming through that corridor... And I'm right here behind this wall. I know when to peek out. But when I actually peek out and start shooting them, the gameplay itself is just fucking terrible. Yeah, the gunplay is not the strongest. And I think that's by design, actually. I feel like you're, the game discourages you from playing it like a traditional third-person shooter. Because it wants you to be forced to think and figure out the situation like on site rather than like... We're going to make you a commando and like all the stuff, all the new, everything we focus on making this game is just going to go out the window because you're just going to go guns blazing. And I can see how that might hamper or kind of. I can see that argument, but I think that's an excuse because if it's part of the actual game, it should be polished and it's just not polished. I haven't gotten far enough to try it, but I know there is like fully automatic weapons. Mm -hmm. Like you do get options for sniper rifles, you get options for assault rifles, shotguns. So I know they're in the game. I'm just not interested in playing the game that way. I like the idea of being covert, being an assassin where you're not seen. You're kind of hiding in plain sight. Yeah. So I haven't played it that way. So I can't like, I can't argue that you're wrong or anything. I don't know. But I, did you like, when you're going guns blazing, are you using the, just the basic pistol or do you actually no, use? No, I was using like a, another SMG. Okay. And the game just. I think I had an SMG and a shotgun. And it just felt like. It just felt. Very unnatural. It felt boxy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, the game just doesn't feel, just in general, it doesn't feel polished. Like, the aesthetics aren't great. Like, you go into a house and everything, again, feels boxy. Like, the gameplay is boxy and the things in the house feel boxy. I think like, that's on purpose. Yeah. The, I th- the textures feel all the same. They all feel like plastic. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. You're not being literal because there is a lot of boxes in this game for you to hide in, like, hide stuff in. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were being literal. Visually, it's not impressive. For such a game that, that has that type of name to it. Yeah. The budget just isn't there. I don't... Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that front. I do think, yeah, like, some of the textures, uh, especially indoors, a lot of the stuff looks very flat. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, when you're playing it from a third-person view, it's not as jarring as, say, if you were playing a first-person game where, like, that stuff would be way more prominent and therefore more focused on. Playing it as a third-person stealth kind of, like... I, I guess my, I don't want to make excuses, but I guess my mind's not so much on the environment as much as it is my target. But you're, you're right. I mean, that that stuff is all part of like the gameplay experience. So, I mean, I have to see when I get to Hitman 2. Uh, I'm playing it on the gaming PC that I have, which, I mean, Hitman 1 looks remarkable on it. Hmm. Um, I don't know if maybe, well, you played on the PS4 in the first gen PS4. So I wonder if maybe you played on a pro, would you have? No, I imagine the textures wouldn't be that much different, maybe. But, Maybe 60 frames might help. 
Oh, it doesn't play on. Oh, you're right. Yeah, everything here is 30 frames. No, yeah, it runs at a little bit more. I have it on higher than 60 frames on mine, so maybe that's why I have like a smoother experience. That could be why. I don't know. I would have to see, but uh, anyway. So yeah, I started Hitman. I'm about halfway through the game. I think there's no actual way of knowing that for sure. But I've played like four missions up until this point. I'm enjoying it just because it's Hitman's one of those things I've never really been into. I've always been curious, but I just never wanted to dive in. It beyond Game Pass was like I can finally dig into. Like, I mean, there's a movie. There's a Hitman movie, so I'm like, it's part of the cultural zeitgeist in Who a way. Made that film? I forgot. Lionsgate, I think. I think it was Lionsgate film. Yeah, I think you're right, but who was the actor? I, I don't oh, I think Tim- Timothy, uh, freaking, what's his name? Uh, Cobb Vanth. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, I think, plays the uh, Agent 47. Hmm. The guy from... Uh, Doom? No. From... Wait, is he in Doom? I don't know. No, no, you're thinking of uh, Timothy Chalamet. I'm, yes. I'm talking about the guy from Book of Boba Fett, the, the Marshal. Oh, okay. He, I think he's Agent 47 in the original Hitman movie, which came out like in mid-2000, 2005, 2006, around there. Hmm. So, anyway, so I've always been curious about Hitman because it's such a, like, a popular franchise, and I just never played it until now. And now I feel like I've been missing out this whole time. So, I'm enjoying it. I don't know if I want to play the other two because the other two are on Game Pass. I feel like one might be enough for me. <laughs> but I'm just playing in the meantime until we get to Horizon Uh Almost a week from today, it comes out on a Friday. Damn. So a week from today's recording, we get Horizon Forbidden West. I'm a, I'm so excited, Johnny. I'm so excited. I know you're gonna play it, despite what you say. I know you're gonna play. It. You're gonna have to play because we have to talk about it. I've only seen. Oh shit. And I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get the digital version, so you're gonna have access to it. Yeah, it's cool that they, uh, it's a free upgrade. That's so confusing to me because remember when they like backed up like because if you look it up on. I think I saw an article. If you look it up right now, like the di- like the digital version of the PS4 is the same as the as the digital version for PS5. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, is it a ten dollar upgrade? Is it a free upgrade? I don't know how that's going to work out. We'll we'll come to that bridge when for, we get there for Horizon. Yeah, well, it's a free upgrade. If I think it's I think if you buy the PS4, it's a free upgrade for PS5. Yeah, they're saying make sure you buy the PS4 version yeah. because if you buy the PS5 version. It's going to be priced at the PS5 level. Yes, yeah. Despite you having access to the PS4 and the PS5 version. It's weird. So buy the PS4 version because otherwise you're losing out on $10 for no reason. It's weird. But yeah. Uh, Fuck. I'll have to see. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to do, since you're going to get it, I'm going to go on Digital Foundry and be like, okay, what's the comparison? Because if it's like severe. Do you think there'll be a Digital Foundry version by this time next week already? Will there be a video about it? Do they do they usually With get the comparisons? Yeah, yeah, before the game comes out, do they do that, or day of? No, no, day of. Okay, it's, it'll probably be day of. So if it doesn't, if it's off to stuff, you will actually just like not play it or turn it down. If it's fucking horrible, yeah, I'd have to. What if it's just like, but, hey, it's not the same frame rate? Like, is that going to be enough to turn you off or no? Okay, well the thing is, Horizon is the type of game I'm going to play twice. So it'll probably be PS4 and then the second. Uh, second coming on PS5 when you get it. Yeah. Okay um yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes all right cool 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 all right that's all yeah that's all i've been playing finished rcs started hitman and just just biding my time for horizon and then after a week after that well whenever i finish horizon i'll get elden ring i'm probably not gonna finish it in a week with work and everything i don't no, think no, no. there's no way i'm gonna finish it in a week you gotta plan on that game dude i don't even we'll see if the platinum's even like easily attainable how far did you just run through the game for the first one? No, I did missions up until like up until about the, you get to 
When the game oh. introduces the desert and the T Rex is when I stop doing side missions. Well, you didn't you didn't have the DLC, right? I've never played. Uh, okay, I have it. You have to Frozen play Frozen Wilds. DLC. It's fucking great. I don't know if I have time between now and then for to play it. I don't think so. What's well, part of the story? Is it? I thought it was like side content. Is and it the, part of the like DLC? Is is I think it's pretty much better than the actual. If that's true, I'll watch a YouTube video on it or something. I'm not gonna have the time, Johnny. It's not a week from now. Could I? Can I complete Frozen Wilds in a week? Yeah. Really? Is that short? Yeah. It's shorter than the main game. As long as you're not like maxing out the difficulty, you'll pass it in time. All right. I, I might. You know what? I don't want to be burned down Horizon though. By the time it gets here, though, I don't want to. If it just leads into it, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to be over overdue with Horizon. I think it'll just make your experience better because you'll I'll be try in depth it. with the story. I'll try it. I'll, you know what? Yeah, because the gameplay is going to be way better. I'll be fresh. I guess I'll still be like... I can. I could even be more critical about it because I can see what changed from this to that. So in the story, if you really get into Horizon and like try to plan on it, you don't have to try to plan on it. I didn't. I didn't. But if you go to like all the cauldrons and all I that did like stuff, one cauldron, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing yeah, all there's these. Four, there's four cauldrons. I okay. fucking love them. Probably my favorite parts of the game. But if uh, if you get into depth, like the story is so smart. Dude. Is that how you get like that really dope armor set? No, that's in the main. Well, what do you mean? The one that's like locked away behind all this tech and shield and stuff. It's like a black like stealth suit looking like cyber thing. I think it was like connected to the cauldron. Okay, because like it looks sweet, but it was like, oh, like well, I don't know how to get to it, or like, oh, I don't have what I need to get to it. And I'm like, damn it! Like it looks so cool. It was either connected to the cauldron, or you can get it after like. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, there's like meta like locks on the. Yeah, it's uh, the shield weaver. Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know if it's called that, but there's shields like around it. Yeah, it's. It looks dope. It looks like something like something that uh, Raiden or Raiden from Metal Gear would wear. It's OP. Is it? Uh, armor was OP. Is it like health wise or damage wise? Uh, well, or defense. You mean is defense? OP. Oh, okay. Defense, like you get hit by a fucking T Rex fucking tail, and you're like doing okay. Oh man, you can fall. You can take fall damage. I'm thinking about the T Rex and thinking about that giant eagle when you go in the mountains. That giant massive eagle. And like there's so many cool moments in Horizon that I'm excited to like. That's the Stormbird. That thing is huge. I remember did I tell you like when I was playing it, and I just saw this massive shadow pass over me, and I couldn't tell what it was. So I look up at the night sky, see the moon, and then I see the moon again quickly. Like it gets blotted out by this quick thing. That battle up there is amazing, dude. I I'm so excited to experience that stuff again. I'm. I'm Ah, I can't wait for it to get, come out next week. Well, we'll see how it, how it does because PS4 might be downgraded. Like you're gonna get the Cobra, and I'm gonna get a rattlesnake or something. A Cobra is a rattlesnake. What? Don't Cobras have rattles too? No, I don't think. Oh, do they? Cobras have rattles. I mean, rattlesnake is a type of snake, but there's more than Cobras have rattles too. You're just missing out on the cool hood, is what you're saying. Do Cobras have rattles? What'd you say? She said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you later. Your technology has failed you, Johnny. Yeah. All right, Johnny. Okay. So we're kind of caught up on everything. Uh, do we, do you want to, do we have time for a pitch? You want to do the pitch? Or you're not real? Um, I'm pretty it? lethargic. I only got like five hours. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of getting a little late at this point. We're almost the pitch, the pitch will take too long though, but I wanted to ask you, uh, did you see the, the Jurassic Park trailer? oh oh that reminds me we do have a letter we do have an email actually uh not about jurassic park but the fact that we're talking about something unrelated uh okay talk to me about yeah i did watch it. i watched it this morning 
talk about it until I can pull up the email. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. It's not giving me a... It, it gives me a formulaic vibe to it. Um, the dinosaurs look cool. The aesthetics look great. Uh, the old cast is back. Um, it looks fine. I, I don't know what else to say. I feel like they showed me a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. I like how they're running around in the city just creating chaos, but... I don't, I don't know. It feels like it's too... Uh, just formulaic. I don't know how else to say. It feels so so far removed from traditional Jurassic Park movies. It feels like also you know what it is. I I don't get a sense of like horror, like the it's, first one. Uh, although it was for kids, but dude, like the T Rex in in the first one, the T Rex when it eats the goat, uh-huh. that shit is horrifying. That's like, true. Like you're well, not- it's scary because you don't see it. It's you don't you. Throughout the movie, like, you always see, like, not glimpses of it, but you see, like, what it can do without seeing it directly. So, like, not seeing it makes it scarier in a way. And then when you do see the T-Rex, it's, like, that dramatic in the rain moment. Yeah, where they're, like... Where yeah, the car... Where everything is, like, stopped. pretty quiet and... And, and the... But it's... The water, sh- the water shakes. Like, everything leading up to the T-Rex is, like, setting up, like, the suspense for you. Yeah, this, the situation where they're in the water and then they're, like, you gotta be fucking quiet, you know? And then mm-hmm. the the dad is looking at the kids in the front car, and they're like, "Don't make a fucking sound!" Like, yeah, right. Everybody, I, I, I found the letter. I found the email. Okay, but I was waiting for you to finish. Okay, all right. So this comes to us. Uh, not gonna say the email address, but initials Michael L. That's that's what I got. All right. Uh, Michael L. says, "Hey Andrew and Johnny, uh, love the podcast. Since you guys are very big into PlayStation stuff, I wanted to know what is your." favorite mascot of the playstation era i mean spyro ratchet jack crash although not sure if crash still counts now uh what which one of those characters do you think is either representative of playstation as a brand or just some one of, or which one do you think it stands out to you the most that's a good question that's a really good question for me i'm very biased towards sly cooper i love the sly cooper games i Played like one of the Jack and Daxter games, but that's not it. Didn't really do much for me. Crash, I, I mean, I think Crash still counts, right? Because it's PS One, PS Two, that era, like oh, the ma- when mascots were a big thing, like Sonic and Mario. Like that was like the late nineties, early two thousands. I mean, can you count the more mature games as mascots? I, I love Crash. I think he's talking about like animals, like the, not animals. Yeah, he doesn't say Kratos. No, it's just it's Jack Jack and Daxter, Sly, Spyro, Crash. Okay, well, it's gonna be Crash because Crash is when I when I really started getting. Okay, I probably told the story. It's short. I was really pissed off when I got a PS One. Yes, I remember the story. Yeah, I I wanted a N sixty four, and my brother wanted a PS One. We unwrapped the gifts, and I started fucking crying, and then, uh. He, he had it all connected it was like a tall dresser and i i couldn't stand just watching him have fun with his new console it's like look at that punk over like there bitch look at him planning fun over the year i'm over and here so eventually uh he was playing crash so eventually i was like hey bitch let me let me play this game and i, started, I actually think of you like just pushing him like move over and you just like, snatch the controller or something it was some some scenario some variation like of that, that. Yeah. okay uh, so Crash was the first pl- game I played on a uh, mm-hmm. PS, and that's got that's probably my favorite mascot because of that. Because you're nostalgia for it. Yeah. I think Sly for the same reason. I mean, I played Crash too. I remember Crash Three Warped was like is like my favorite Crash game of all time. Mm-hmm. That was on the PS. That was the last PS One Crash game. 
But Sly Cooper, man, playing Sly Cooper, especially two and three, like those as gameplay experiences are so above what Crash has ever done. It's basically kind of playing like Ocean's Eleven with anthropomorphic animals. Yeah. <laughs> like you set up heists, you do the scoping out, you do the spying, you like, you you literally come up with a battle plan of how you're gonna steal like this relic or like this museum thing mm-hmm. or whatever. And I love so I love heist and stealth stuff like that. So Sly, because you're not encouraged to like fight in the open, you have to like sneak around and stuff. Yeah. It's so it's almost like Metal Gear Solid for kids in a way. That's how I describe it. Without the shooting, but just the sneaking around, hiding in objects, planning stuff out. The boss battles are really well done in Sly 2 and 3. Sly 1 is much more of a traditional platformer. Not my favorite, which is like level by level. It's not mm-hmm. my thing. But I think I, I think right now, I think Ratchet probably carries the PlayStation Torch right now because of the new the recent games. Especially from PS late PS2 up through the throughout the entire PS3 and now through the PS4 and now really to the PS5, I feel like Ratchet has been the you know from Insomniac Studios. They it's been he's been spearing the first party kind of like you know carrying the burden in a way you could say, in a way that Kratos hasn't because although Kratos is like you know. Kratos is way more popular, I think, than Ratchet, and like the games are far on a far different level because it's Sony Santa Monica. Yeah, but I don't. When I think of PlayStation, like Ratchet comes to mind a little bit sooner than Kratos does to me. But I think that's just because you and I play tradi- completely different games traditionally. Okay. But I think Ratchet is so much more because it's been there even before Kratos, like Ratchet and Clank. There's like five of them on the PS2. A handful of, on PS3 and like less on PS4, but Ratchet has been a consistent like Sony face. Well, who carried the PS3? Uh shoot, that's a tough one. Probably Snake. No, not Snake. I don't know. The PS3 is a weird era in PlayStation history. It's like it's kind of just a hodgepodge, a hodgepodge of like just whatever was thrown. I mean, we had Lair, we have so, so Resistance, what? Killzone. Like so, no one really like I. I God of War three was like one game on there, but like that's so, a weird question for me. As far as like these mascots go, I think one and two were carried by Crash, and then uh, four. I think even you can make the argument that even Ratchet carried two because there was way more PS two Ratchet games than anything others than anything else. Hmm. Maybe Jack, maybe Jack and Daxter, because there's also a lot of those. So I guess the PS five will be uh, Ratchet and Clank, but I think three is I don't know if this counts, but Sackboy. Oh, you're right. I completely... Oh, he didn't mention Sackboy, but that is one of them. Yeah, you're right. And then I think Spyro... Spyro was there, but he that became acquired by Universal, and like that became like... I mean, Spyro went multi-platform in the PS2 days, so that's not even like mm-hmm. in the same kind of realm anymore. So confused why he mentioned that, but I think for me, definitely... Sly is my favorite. That's always going to be my favorite, but Ratchet, I think, with Bias removed, is like the the poster boy for playstation these days so thank you michael l for writing to us about that appreciate it we finally got someone <laughs> reached out for something so <laughs> that was cool thank you and you too you too if you're listening and you're not michael l but anybody else you also can have your question read on the next episode if you reach us at duo sense podcast at yahoo.com again that is duo sense podcast at yahoo.com so if you have questions comments you want to complain about johnny's uh, views and his hot takes please do that reach out to us so johnny any closing thoughts oh well, you want to talk about more jurassic, jurassic? Yeah, i want your thoughts on jurassic 
Jurassic World uh, Dominion, right? That's the name, the full name, Dominion. Yes. Um, I mean, I felt like we really don't need any more Jurassic Park. Uh, for uh, I need more Jurassic Park. Which one was the first one with Chris Pratt? Not the last one that came out, but the one before that. No, there was two. There's, there's a uh, Fallen Kingdom was the last one that came out. Yeah, and then Jurassic World. Oh, is it just called Jurassic World? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Okay, the first one, right? Mm-hmm. That one was a great movie. I love that movie so much. The second one re- really bored me, honestly. I felt like it was really. I mean, the Indoraptor stuff. I'm not the Indoraptor. What was it called? Yeah, I agree with you. The first one. I, the first one felt minor... like a fun romp, like a like a nice, cool, like action flick kind of story stuff. But as soon as they moved away from the islands, like it just. It felt it, it quickly became kind of just like like it lost the sense of wonder for me. It became very like cookie cutter. Well, boring. that's what I mean. Formulaic. I, I don't know how else to express it, but that's what it feels like. Um, yeah, part part one was cool. Uh, part two was a drag. I feel like when it got interesting is when we saw like the old school T Rex, mm-hmm. and there was that that photo that battle with the. Um, a mixed breed or whatever it was mm-hmm. and then that giant like ocean fucking dinosaur comes out and takes megalodon yeah yeah that. no megalodon, uh, mesosaurus mesosaurus yeah but that payoff it took a long although we do see it in the trailer this time that thing's back i don't know how oh, it got it, out it got the sh- to the ship yeah i don't know how it got out of the like, its enclosure but that's cool oh no we do see in the second movie how it got out right i think it's like out in the open ocean now right the second movie in Fallen Kingdom, they show it. I remember when they show like that thing that the uh, the thing that falls and like they send in like a little scuba thing, like a little submarine, mm-hmm. and like lose a signal with it because it gets like eaten basically. Uh, okay. So, uh, can we talk about how dope the feathered raptor looks? I love that aesthetic mm-hmm. with the red feathers and everything. Yeah. Like I know, like you know, traditionally dinosaurs did have feathers and stuff. They were much more bird-like than like what we thought. I love how they have like the quills and the feathers. It, it's such a dope look. I love that. I'm glad that they added that aesthetic to the raptors. Um, I was confused about the beginning opening where it shows them in the snow. Like, aren't they like amphibians and reptiles? Wouldn't they like just fall asleep in the cold? Oh, because they're uh, cold blooded. Yeah. How how are they just walking around and like nothing? I'm like, you should all be on the floor, either dead or sleeping at this point. Yeah, but uh, gene editing. Yeah, I know, but I just, I mean, I I was like, I guess maybe that's like the over analytical part of my brain. But when I saw that, I kind of just like. This isn't right. If they're like, I mean, unless we're going full on, like they're just giant birds, which do live in like the cold. But mm-hmm. even then, like birds are closer to mammals and they're not, they're warm blooded. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not, not mammals. I'm mam- not going to challenge you. On that, I mean, but... closer is very, I'm using it very loosely here. But like, I don't think birds are considered cold blooded, right? I don't think so. They can generate their own heat pretty well. Reptiles are cold blooded. Mm-hmm. But I don't think birds are cold blooded. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think so. So I'm confused. I, I don't know how they're surviving in the snow, but whatever. It's it's a movie. It's a movie about dinosaurs. None of this matters. But I mean, some of it it just it just irks me a little bit. So what do you think it's going? Because uh, in the very last one, they have that storyline where you know being sold off to the highest bidder. So how do you think that's gonna play into it? I don't know. I'm confused why there's so many dinosaurs because at the end of the second one, like, all, wasn't only like. Was there that many species that broke loose and ran free? I thought it was like maybe like five dinosaurs. Was there more? I don't even know how they got. Because it looks like they're in fucking 
Oh, I remember now because they give them that thing that keeps them alive, that spray, right? Remember that spray that keeps them alive they need? Like some kind of nutrition they have to get constantly or else they die? No, I don't remember that. At the end of the second movie, remember the little girl? She pushes the button to release the dinosaurs and like they get that like that nutrient or whatever. And then they all run out into the forest. Mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. I, I just solved my own issue with it. Okay. I'm curious to see how there's so much like variation and diversity of dinosaurs in the open. Like... I feel like they would have died off as soon as they couldn't find a, a steady supply of food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they're just all, st- unless there's like a huge herd of cattle nearby and they're just stalking cattle until they can like, you know, spread out further. I don't know. I think I'm, uh, I need to turn off the thinking part of my brain for a second. So after this whole uh, saga mm-hmm. with Chris Pratt for the next one, where they do the reboot, I want Robo Dino. Oh God, Johnny. Robo Dino. That's not- no. This isn't Godzilla where we have like Mecha Godzilla. Did you see that movie by the way? I haven't, dude. I you haven't seen, seen Kong vs. Godzilla? I haven't seen so It's much. on HBO Max. You don't have to go to the theater. I haven't seen HBO. I haven't seen Spider Man. Oh my god. Uh, so many, dude. All this be- because you just refuse to. Yeah, there's some films I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll get to it. I'll get around to it. Or they're going to be on Disney Plus. Like, well, did you see, well, did you see Spider-Man's not coming to Disney Plus? It's coming out on uh, Stars for some reason. There's like a con- there's a weird contract where all the Spider-Man movies are coming to Stars hmm. Instead of like the obvious ones, which are Disney Plus and uh, whatever Fox or Sony or Sony has or whatever. It's weird. But anyways, I digress. Um... Yeah, Jurassic. I'm not that. I'm of course I'm gonna watch it, but I'm not. It's not. It doesn't have me as interested as like the past, you know, Lost King of uh, Jurassic World movies have. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna watch it, of course. So, right. it is what it is. is. That any last thoughts, Johnny? Before That's we close, all That's all that she wrote. Yep. That's all he wrote. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you if you managed to get this far into the episode. We appreciate it, of course. So you can uh, find uh, Andrew at uh, Two Guys and One Lightsaber. No, it's called My Star Wars Show under the Backlog Banter banner or umbrella on YouTube. That's where you can find me. Uh, And if you've never seen me, that's a YouTube show and it's all visual. So you can actually see what I look like, which not that impressive, but uh, I don't want to toot my own horn either. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for making it this far. Uh, If you again, if you want to write in to like Michael Eldon, you can reach us at DuoSensePodcast at Yahoo.com. Or you can reach us at our almost never used Twitter account, DuoSensP, on Twitter. And that's the same thing. It's probably even easier than emailing, by the way. So slide into those DMs, right, Johnny? Yeah, but stay off Twitter. Okay, that was weird. What about Facebook? For your mental health. Facebook, uh, too? Yeah, stay off everything. Okay, just... You know what? Just write us a letter. We'll, we'll come up with a P.O. Email, bo- We're going to come up with a P.O. box next week. We just send us a letter. Instead, Johnny just wants you to stay off all social media and all platforms in general, which is weird because this is a video game podcast. So I guess you shouldn't be on video games either. Right. Why not? I don't know. It's technology. I don't know. There's a social component to those. There's friends lists. There's messages. There's party chat. Yeah, but they're not like fucking raging Twitter people. I'm sorry. They're not like raging Twitter people on PSN or Xbox Live. Probably not. Yeah, right. right. All my communities are like pretty cool. On uh, on, on Fortnite, PlayStation, yeah. Uh, okay. My gaming communities have always been pretty cool. Do you have the PS app on your phone? 
I do. Okay, that makes it so much easier to DM people, by the way, and see who's online and stuff and all that, so you can stalk your friends. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's gonna be all out for. That's gonna be it for us this week. Uh, we look forward to hearing from us next week. Damn it, Johnny! I just realized the next week we record, we still won't have Horizon by recording them next week, unless we wait until. Fr- no, I don't want to wait till Friday either. Damn. Okay, we're still gonna be talking about. Wait, you're not gonna have Horizon by the time we record next week. Because we're going to go back to the traditional like Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. But you will have a review for Frozen Wilds. No promises. No promises there. I'll try. I'll try. I can't promise it. All right, guys. Good night and stay safe. Goodbye. See you.